0: Hello, welcome to 2017, everybody. This is a new year, having a new year. Welcome to the show. Thank you for listening. I'm listening to Knapsack in a hotel right now, a band called Knapsack. Um, It's a great band, maybe you can hear it in the background. This episode is brought to you in part by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download with a 30-day free trial when you go to audibletrial.com slash There's over 180,000 titles to choose from for your thing that plays things, iPhone, Android, Kindle player, or MP3 player. If you like being read to, you like people reading your books, go to books, uh, get, get books on tapes. It does all sorts of things, actually. There's, there's all neat things. Podcasts are in there, too. Not this podcast, but so go to audibletrial.com slash Apolog and get your free audiobook and a 30-day free trial. Amazon, everybody. You can now go to www.apolog.ca slash Amazon if you're from Canada and you will be transported magically to the Amazon site. Bookmark that link and you will be supporting the show every time you use that link to shop on Amazon. If you're an American or a UK, you can go to apolog.ca and click on the links on the right side. Uh, locate your country, and you'll be there. All right, costs you no extra money, and it supports the show. If you're interested in supporting the show on a monthly basis, you can go to patreoncom apologue. You can pledge as much or as little as you want on a monthly basis to help with hosting and gas fees. Cancel anytime. I have three great patrons. One dropped away, but I think his PayPal ran out, so I don't think he. He might be back next next month. I don't know. We'll find out. I'll let you know when he does. Inside recorders, everybody. Although it is a brick-and-mortar studio that right now has probably got a raccoon living in it, uh, it's it's very cold up there right now. But also, it's a place to send your recorded record. Also, it does on-location recording. There's live recordings to be done. If you're interested in starting up a little web store, you can go to Recorders slash contact, contact me, and you will, let's get your part, let's get you going. You know, Bandcamp's great, iTunes is great, but nothing gives you a personalized touch, and you are the controller of your own destiny by going to Inside Recorders and opening up a store there. If you're interested in buying a t-shirt, which are running out, I might get some more. Actually, it's interesting, but the man that printed the shirts is my guest today. You can buy a t-shirt at the uh, inside, or sorry, apolog.ca slash shop. And you can buy the Foursquare Discography. That's my old band. There's 80-something songs. Maybe there's 490,000 songs for 20 bucks. Don't forget to like the show, rate the view, and review the show on iTunes. Give it five stars, please. That's great. Don't forget to like the show on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash AppleLogPod. Follow me on Twitter at SimonHit666. And that is all the bits. Today on the show is Mr. Gary Begner, who is an old, old friend of mine. He is from Oshawa. He used to put on shows there with the same kind of thing as when we had this guy Jason King on, he, he did the same kind of thing, played in bands, put on his own shows. seems like people from Oshawa around the 90s were a little bit more resourceful when it came to putting on punk rock shows, and Gary's one of those people. You can uh, listen to the show and, and, and listen to the history that we talk about because that's kind of what this, this show is about is just talking old stories and telling old things. Gary is a dear friend. He's a great guy. Uh, He lives in London right now, and he does T-shirts. And his T-shirt company is called Shirt for Brains. And if you need need to get shirts done, you just contact him directly. Shirt for Brains. I think it's shirtforbrains.com. Everybody enjoy the show. It's Gary Begner on the Appleock podcast.
1: used to get into it a lot. Uh, computers. Yeah. 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 Like, you know, setting up like sound just like, you know, I've got my recording system here and I used to get really into it and I used to buy like, you know, expensive sound cards and all that. And I'd be all excited like a little kid and then I'd put it <laughs> in and then, then I'd start throwing things around the room because I screwed something else up. And then when I started doing graphics more, I just kind of was given a lecture about you can't do that. You can't have your computer being bogged down with like 9 million graphics and then expecting to get recording stuff done at the same time. So now I have one that's just dedicated computer for recording, which was set up for me that I don't have to touch anything because I'm not really trying to record albums. I'm just trying to catch your ideas.
0: Yeah. So like a Uh, one, two, three, uh, these are the three things I do to make my voice go into that box.
1: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Into the Elise's multi-mix and everything just runs into that. And then I just, i've got a mic that's set up on the side but it's like you know but this one's not connected to the internet oh the other one because then somehow i get into the the weird world of like you know geez how did i get that virus which is a a normal question that i ask myself
0: yeah i you know i haven't had a virus on a mac ever okay they say they're available that they're out there somewhere but those uh, emails that say uh, you have a large uh, cash settlement—yeah, <laughs> I know th- those ones—I don't really click on because <laughs> yeah. I don't think there's a large cash settlement coming in. I really don't. No,
1: no, no. I, I got one just a little while ago that uh, my great-great grandfather from Croatia had passed away, uh, or something like that. <laughs> that was my great-grandfather say. from Croatia. <laughs> wow, we're well, related somehow. <laughs> Everybody's getting a penny. Yeah, um, yeah. So in the end, I was just kind of—I just laugh at it all the time and. Uh, uh, there is there is a brutal story about that after my dad died, how my mom got into that. And, uh, yeah, oh. gave away quite a bit of money.
0: Really? Oh, yeah. so she got duped.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, she was, like, the whole thing. We're... I actually had to talk to somebody about it because it was so hard to deal with, right? Like, I'm dealing with, with his, you know, suicide and then taking care of the, the, the family and taking care of all the crap that was left behind. Mm-hmm. And then... To find, and then even telling her at the time, because I worked for the phone company as a programmer back then, and just saying to her, like, you know, you got to be careful because his name is now in the obits. You know, as yeah. soon as that happened, they look up the numbers and they start pouncing on them because they know that there's a ton of people. Yeah. And I said, and they will tell you everything you want to hear and how great you are. And I said, but don't fall for it. And sure enough, uh, the the grieving process, the stress, the the shock. Mm. And uh, just and then, of course, I live here. My brother lives in B.C., and he came for two weeks and then went back home and has never been back.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so, you know, between Allison and I, you know, going there and coming back and going there, she was on her own for, like, you know, just in the house by herself.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: for two weeks, and then she gets a call and somebody friendly to talk to telling her how wonderful she is. And, yeah, next thing you know, we're, uh, she's had a bunch of money, and uh, <sighs> we're just scrambling. And, uh, yeah, so it's – yeah, so – and
0: no recourse, right? Like you can't. No, it's not like eBay or PayPal where it's like something screws you over. You have some, you can yep. get your money back if you get screwed over, right? No, this is yep. it. This is done. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's I. Done. That's serious stuff, man. Serious oh, it's, stuff.
1: It's so harsh, and 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 the worst part about it, and this is the part that I still feel bad about to this day, is a friend of mine whose wife worked at one of those money cashing places where you get the where they have to take and go get the the money filled out. Mm-hmm the the bank thing. Well, she worked there and she knew my mom. Like she knew it was my mom. Take and and due to the nature of her job, she couldn't say anything. Mm. And so she, while well, they, then she told him. Husband and wife conversations are fine, uh, but she told him. And then next thing you know, it's like he's now stressed out because he knows it's happening, but he can't do anything because if oh. he did, then his wife loses her job. Yeah,
0: confidence. If my yeah.
1: Yeah, if my mom brings it up, like, what the hell is she telling you? So I, I just put them in a bad spot, and then I feel, of course, me being the the pathetic uh, emo, oversensitive guy, I take the weight of the world on my shoulders every freaking day, even if, if it's got nothing to do for me. Yeah, you know, it's it's like, and then I feel bad for him because, like, you know, you know, here's my family putting somebody else in a bad situation, and it's just all because of greed and. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's it's, uh, it's hard to keep a smile on your face some days, but yeah. it's all
0: good. As our population gets older and older, people tend to um, exploit the old because the old don't understand. And there's only like another 20 years or 15 years when we become old, where we're actually somewhat computer savvy, where we understand yep. like hey, you know, there's no guy in Nigeria giving me free money. That's not going to happen. Um, yeah, yeah. We're not that stupid, you know. Yeah. So, uh, unfortunately, there's a, there's a generation of people older than us that are going to get duped. And yeah. there's going to be people making a lot of money off of this. <laughs> yeah. uh, and based on stupid naivety, really. And, and yeah. just not understanding how the fucking internet works. It's-
1: yeah, yeah. Or just the fact that no longer are contracts really real. Yeah, you know, it's like it's like, yeah, I'll do this for you. It'll be five thousand dollars. I need uh, three thousand up front. Yeah, you're never gonna see me again. And yes, we do have a signed contract. But by the time you get to get me to court, and the amount of money you're gonna pay in legal fees, it's gonna cost you seven thousand dollars to get three thousand back. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's
1: like you just you just sit there. That's why with the business we had to, you know, I had to change how I run everything. Like you know, yeah. I no longer just take an order and print it for you. It's like I need a deposit.
2: Yeah, absolutely. at
1: least at least that way, if if you turn into a flake or whatever, well, I've got half of the money. It's like, you know, I've, I've covered my stock. Yeah. I might, I might be out for my work, but at the same time, nothing stops me from screen printing on the back of your t-shirt that you're a complete douchebag and donating it to the, uh, to the local charities. Right. Like, it's like, you know, there's always that, there's always the the good part. It's kind of like that. Uh, you know, like when you're doing the, the music thing and you're all pissed off at somebody, so what do you do, right? Like, luckily, I'm not a hip hop guy because all I brag about is like yeah. hating everybody just because I can't. Still mentally immature, I find myself to be, so it's like, you know, I'd just be all like, blah, 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 you know, everything <laughs> sucks. Well, it's not like I don't do that anyways, but, you know, it's uh, it'd just be funny. So, yeah, so as a printer, it's kind of fun because you can just, like, oh, okay, well, you want to screw me around? <laughs> okay, well, what's the name of your business? Well, let's just make up a t shirt for it.
0: Go to Value Village yeah. and drop them off. There you go. Yeah. There yeah, you go. Dude, yep, I love that. I love that. You know, because that does stick a thumb in the eye, and they don't understand how much that's going to affect their business, and it's a long game. Like, yes. there's no, like, there's no, uh, I'm going to go to a lawyer, and I'm going to get my money back. It's like, no, I'm
1: going to defame your name. <laughs> yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it in the nicest way possible, yeah. where I can't get in trouble. Yeah. And if I do get in trouble, I just have to say, like, Oh, Oh, you were supposed to pay your bill, but here's that email you sent me telling me to go fuck myself. So Hmm. I kind of just did it for you. I did Hmm. fuck myself. There's your shirts. Yeah, (laughs) there's your shirts. You know? (laughs) If you're lucky Value Village won't sell them directly, but they'll ship them overseas and maybe just maybe you'll show up in one of those like African, you know, charity commercials. This is this is Tuganda. You know, Tuganda gets by every day by collecting bottles and such and it's like and then Tuganda's wearing the shirt that says, you know, you know, Joe so and so you know, didn't pay his bill, you know? And then then you just sit there and you're just like, you know, it's it's all good. And, and it's fucked. Yeah, and it's fun because, you know, still it keeps with my, you know, as much as I'm, you know, I'm still a, a punk at heart kind of thing. You mm-hmm. know, I'm like that. So it still kind of goes with that whole like, you know, well, you, you fuck me, I fuck you. Yeah. I'm like, you know, I my lifestyle is like do no harm to others. Help as much as you can. Don't hurt. You know, get through your days and just try and smile. And it's like, but then that guy comes along, the douchebag dude who just thinks like, mm-hmm. fuck you. I'm more important, and blah blah blah. And then you say, "Well, that's that's fine. You just you broke the rule. Like, yeah, you can't do it. You can't do that." So, well,
0: that's the joy of being in business for yourself. Because when I I've worked for institutions, and I've worked for uh, I work now for this, the town of Richmond Hill. It's really hard for me to print up fake shirts and and say uh, <laughs> this <laughs> this group really sucks. And uh, you know, yeah. I can't even post stuff on any, on on Facebook anymore, like live stuff, like because it breaks some sort of confidentiality and yeah so i mean i miss those days because it, it used to be times in the recording studio days if someone didn't pay the bill i was like hey man um these out tapes will go into other people's uh it'll it'll be i can just rip the label off format the tape call it somebody else's name yeah give them a break on it, so uh you know either way, <laughs> I'll make my money back, you know, but uh yeah. and that that those were joyous days, but also quite frightening and harrowing because uh having to come up with your monthly nut and and you know, mm-hmm. and trying to live a normal life, I mean, this is always a big thing in this show is trying to live normally, like a normal life with an alternative lifestyle, yeah, uh,
1: yeah, completely
0: it never. Sometimes it's awesome and there, you know, there's people that can do it. I think you're one of those people that can balance normality with a not being normal. Um, yeah. That's not, was, a, don't take that in, the, in a way. But no, no,
1: no. That's, I was going to say the, the whole thing about balancing normal and not normal is just not being normal. Hmm. It's like, you know, I, I don't run my business like, you know, the, the shop, as you know, it's like I run it out of the garage because
0: mm-hmm.
1: the, when I, like. Obviously, I started doing this like a long time ago. Yeah, uh, back back in the day, right back back in Oshawa there.
0: I still have one oh. of your pair of track pants that you made for me <laughs> for my studio. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Woo, track pants. Um, <laughs> I hope they have the cuff. Uh, but yeah, so like you know, when we used to do that stuff and just getting into it, it was like you know. Then I was just kind of breaking into it, but now it's like, I when we moved to London and I was I had to become. Um, well, you know, the reality of the situation is, moving to London was the best thing I ever did.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: As weird as it can sound, but at the same time, it's like it's in Oshawa, I was like, I don't know, I was fucking, um, I was lucky. Mm-hmm. Like I had not not like fame and for I was I just had succeeded. Mm -hmm. you know, with, with the projects I did, right? Like big fish, little pond. That's a perfect example of what we were. Yeah. Right. You know, when back in the early days with leftovers, we could fill up, we could like, we would rent the, the, the theater down the road or rent a hall and the place would be jam packed. Like you couldn't move. It was, and it was always amazing to me. Mm -hmm. Like it was amazing to me that we could do this. And it was all based on necessity. Like I, I was listening to your podcast with Jay, and he, he was talking about the whole, like, you know, he just learned that he could make money doing
2: it. Yeah.
1: Well, when we started doing it, there were no places to play except for uh, the Rock Connection, which was what became the Moon Room,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? And we had, like, a lot, so much fun back then just because we were the, we were king shit, right? We were the yeah. kids. Yeah. You know, we were we were like the whatever. You know, we used to go there, and our old singer Sean used to be the DJ at the Rock Connection. Mm-hmm. So we used to go there and get, get drunk because, you know, back in oshawa it wasn't uh, wasn't a secret my love of uh, alcohol like you know i just i could really used to love drinking a lot but we used to go there and harass all the cover bands yeah so there was a god what was the one band there was a judas priest cover band and the same band was a bon jovi cover band wow yeah so wow. Like one week he, you'd be there and they'd be like whatever judas priest or whatever it was and then you would come back two weeks later and they'd be Bon Jovi, same guys, maybe a, a new bass player, like right? Yeah. Guy. And it uh, always, they was, the, the shtick was all done because they used to take it really seriously. Yeah, oh yeah. Except we didn't, we never did. Like, so, you know, we were influenced by the Metallica genre and all that raving. crossover
0: kind of stuff too, right? Yeah, like yeah. Punk yeah. rock crossover, heavy metal crossover, yeah.
1: Oh, totally, yeah, like. You know, like I, you know, to this day I still love GBH. I still think GBH was one of the coolest punk bands going. Yeah. But anyway, so the bands would be all like, you know, lipstick and hair and all that crap, and the guy would go, "What do you want to hear?" And every time we would yell, "Bon," jo- if it was the Judas Priest cover band, and he'd say, <laughs> "What do you want to hear?" We'd start yelling Bon Jovi songs. The guys get so pissed off at us, right? And then, then when the Bon Jovi band would come, we'd start yelling Judas Priest songs, and it was always the same shtick. So it was hilarious for us. Yeah. Yeah. But then the owner back then, Jerry, just kind of told us, like, yeah, no. You've got to behave. Yeah, be- yeah. behave, like, Yeah, stop giving the band a hard time. They're here to work. It's, <laughs> like, it's like, yeah, okay. But, yeah, so anyways, yeah, so Osho was great because it, was just, it just got to the point of we recognized really quickly that we were playing bars, and we were filling them. Mm-hmm. And we were getting maybe 100 bucks. And it was kind of like, well, how does this like seriously? How does this fucking work? You're making a shit, you're charging cover for, to see us, you're selling a shitload of booze, yeah. And then at the end of the night, we are getting a hundred, two hundred bucks, and that became my disdain for bars really quickly. Mm-hmm. So, so back in that day, that's when we started renting halls, like hundred, hundred bucks, hundred fifty bucks for the Polish hall, mm-hmm. and bring in. Uh, Everybody's, we had a couple of guys, but you know, we, Ron Zugin would be hired, yeah, and he'd bring in like the biggest sound system he could possibly bring in, and then we would play these like giant shows, and then it'd be awesome. And we'd walk away, and we always did the exact same thing. I carried it over into the lame days, and you, and all that is what we used to do is I used to take out the cost, so right off the top, it's like, okay, 150 was this, Zugin got whatever he charged back then, this is how much we put on posters, like advertising which was basically always hilarious. And then the rest of the money we split between three bands. Like nobody took a bigger cut because it was always like, well, who fucking cares? It's just, yeah. you know, you're maybe we're going to crash and burn. You know, it's kind of like the big drill car thing, right? With the, uh, uh, the offspring opening up for them all the time yeah. when they were younger. Yeah. And then the offspring takes off and they're still yeah. playing small clubs. I just saw it like before that ever happened, obviously I just saw it as maybe we crash and burn and maybe we're going to need a favor down the line yeah you know so so we used to do that so that's how we got to know like the pickering group right that's how i met james yeah you know al was just a guy who used to come around
0: al nolan yeah and james cabalizzo yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah yeah. Yeah. james james used to play and that's how we got to know john cars and uh god i can't remember all the guys but kiner
0: yeah dave kiner cars
1: yeah Yeah. yeah, and uh, Jellyman,
0: yeah that's right yeah, yeah yeah
1: god all those guys anyway so that's how we got to know them we used to do the road hockey thing Mm-hmm. So all the guys from Leftovers and Mal Havoc and guys that they knew from Pickering and guys we knew from Oshawa like Rob Weir and Jody Salter and all those guys, we'd all get together down in Oshawa and we'd play road hockey in the fucking freezing cold, mm-hmm. but it was always fun, right? And then, and then we just kind of kept going. And then when I kind of, when I left left when I quit Leftovers, uh, did you go to Van- so- you went
0: to Vancouver or something, right? Is yeah, yeah, one? yeah, around yeah, that time. Yeah, I
1: went. I went to Vancouver to get away. I was having so many di- – I was in such a bad place, right? Mm-hmm. Headspace was wrong. Like, seriously, like I was pretty much like, you know, probably two drinks shy of a rope. You know, mm-hmm. I was pretty fucked up. And uh, so, I was having, so I went home. I went to BC because I just always kind of liken having a good time and be like a, a yeah. positive – not like a party good time, but just like feeling good about stuff. So I went to BC, and that's kind of strangely enough. Uh, I was on the plane flying to BC, sold all my gear, hello, Mm -hmm. uh, which then made its rounds around the world. (laughs) Um, uh, It's funny, my gear got further than I did. Mine too. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Um, But, uh, yeah, so on the flight to Vancouver that time, I actually had a notebook. So I used to carry a notebook around with me all the time writing. It didn't matter what it was, but always writing (laughs) lyrics and ideas. And just on one page, I just wrote lame. Like, like <laughs> it was just like, this is my life. This sucks. Like my life mm. is so lame. And it just like clicked all at once. It's like, fuck, what a great name for a band. Yeah. Like, and so I was in BC and I tried to kind of get stuff going and, you know, it was just, it was a bad shot. Cause and this you know, is sort of early
0: nineties, right? Like maybe 90, yeah. 91, 92 maybe. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. I, I like basically quit leftovers, shaved my head. Mm-hmm. Like it all happened. Drank out of control. Yeah, Uh, shave my head, uh, just watch everything crash, and then decided, fuck it, I'm going to BC. Mm -hmm. So uh, flew it to BC, but, yeah, it was just a weird thing. But, yeah, anyway, so my first weekend there, my brother uh, was playing in a ball hockey tournament. And so I had sold everything, so I had a pocket full of cash. So my plan was live for three months without doing anything and just try and find myself, you know, hit the beach, blah, blah, blah. And the first weekend there, my brother's playing in a ball hockey tournament and gets his wrist broken in three spots off a slash. And so he can't work anymore, so I got to go to work because we burned through my money. Hmm. So within two weeks, I'm broke, and I'm working in a kitchen
2: mm-hmm.
1: doing dishes, and he's at home. He's living the life that I'm supposed to be living. <laughs> Hang, he's hanging out with his girlfriend and stuff, and I'm like going to work every day. And I'm like, fuck, this blows. Yeah. So tried and tried, and then just came back home and started everything up again. And
0: and, and that's where didn't... I think I first met you was that day. When you came back from uh, Vancouver, I think is the first time I ever really met you in person. I think we knew of each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I met you at the Ozone or something for the yeah, first yeah, yeah. time. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah, because that's, yeah, that was where everybody just hung out all the time.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And uh, yeah, yeah, because we, yeah. And, and then, yeah, shortly after that, like I was, I had a condo up in the north end and then Used to come down all the time because Jay had the, the crack house in the back, mm-hmm. and then Fraser lived in the front with his girlfriend and uh, Craig, and whoever was living with him lived in the second part. But it Craig was all Nelson, just pretty yeah. Di- yeah. yeah, it's all pretty dilapidated back then, right? And yeah. then uh,
0: hence the name yeah. of the crack house.
1: Yeah, exactly. exactly.
0: Jason didn't so, want to let his mom know that it was called
1: the crack house, by the way. Yeah, Did you? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, the crack house. And Then it became Casa de Lame
0: yeah that's um, right
1: <clears throat> um yeah and that's where we did uh, the, as you were talking about we did the re- couple recordings up there yeah and yes I, I do have all those tapes
0: you do uh
1: oh you, you have totally. the
0: one with you yelling fucking asshole
1: yeah, no oh that's god part of, my, that's part of my history yeah. <laughs> plus i have to bury it and it wasn't granny it wasn't granny on the drums it was who mike was livet. playing drums M- mike
0: livet ah that's right 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 right
1: and, and, and he quit
0: i think it was like, my drum kit too it was the kit i borrowed from langstaff yeah, yeah, yeah. The black Mike's symbols. Kit was,
1: Mike's kit was so bad. Like it was like yeah. we bought it for hundred bucks or hundred twenty-five bucks. Yeah. And he hated me because of it. Because when, so the funniest part is when lame started. I always do this thing. I reset, right? Mm-hmm. I give myself. I give myself seven years, almost six years, and I reset my entire life. Mm-hmm. So when I look back at stuff, I'm like, fuck! I can't believe I did that. Mm-hmm. Like whether it's high or low, right? I'm always like, it's, when I think back about it or I hear somebody tell, like, telling stories or something that involved me, I'm always like, man, I totally forgot that was me.
2: Mm-hmm. Like, it's
1: just so separate. But with Mike, when we started the band, it was me, Donaldson. Kevin? Nope, nope. Run didn't yet. come for quite a long time. Yeah. Uh, a guy by the name of Mark Laking
0: okay.
1: and Mike and Mike Livet. And yeah. uh, Jay, didn't, uh, Jay wasn't in the band at the time. It was me and those three guys. And Livet had, it was so funny, he had a snare drum and a rack tom and a bass drum. He didn't even have a stand for the rack tom or the snare. And we used to rehearse in the place where uh, Donaldson and Corey were living. It was like this dilapidated old building,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, old apartment, and we were in the basement. And no word of lie, Livet used to have the snare on his lap. Wow. Yeah, and just pa pa, and then kick drum, and then every once in a while it hit. It was it was terrible. Like, you and know, coming I, I from never...
0: leftover days where you guys were actually pretty pro and actually kind of had like nice gear and stuff. Yeah, that's a bit of a change, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I was more. <laughs> so I guess before lame, it was called one word, right? But okay. or but with lame. But anyways, with lame, the whole aspect of lame was a, an avenue for me to get drunk. Okay. And there were rules with lame, so uh, I was really big into the into this. Fucking rule that you couldn't own good gear.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So you could, you could play a guitar. Like if you ever saw lame in the early days, mm-hmm. uh, Chinese guitars, like the, the old, uh, knockoffs, like Donaldson had a, a Chinese telecaster or Japanese telly. Yeah. Uh, I had Jeremy Dove's dad's old, uh, F hole telecaster, mm-hmm. which I covered in wallpaper, <laughs> which I, I, I used for years. um, Mark was the only one with an actual guitar, but it was a piece of junk anyways. Mm -hmm. And then Mike's drum set. And then one day we had to buy him a drum set because we just couldn't keep going this way. (laughs) Because we couldn't play shows. So we we bought a drum set. And it was cheap too. And he always hated it because he'd play and the drum would move.
0: Yeah. The bass drum.
1: So up in the crack house, we had the drum riser built. And if anybody ever came to play, they couldn't move their bass drum forward. Oh, because because it was nailed in. We had the three. We had the three spikes in front for Mike's bass drum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was not slide. So the guys always had to be like, it's so cramped. It's like, well, that's how it goes.
0: Yeah, yeah. And you used to do shows up there too, right? Like, yeah, yeah. I think I saw yeah. uh, Biddle's band with Colin Clark. I forget what they're called now. We were just talking about um, with Jake King. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. That was
0: uh, Dead Season. Dead. Well, it wasn't Dead Season. Dead Season came boneless. after that. Boneless. Then? Boneless. I th- yeah, Boneless. That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I remember I was- seeing that.
1: Yeah, dead, I still listen to that Dead Season cassette. I played in Dead so, Season for about three weeks. Three weeks? Yeah. Jeff McDonald uh, Jr., who played bass with lame, obviously. Yeah. Or who cares? Nobody knows who we are. Um, anyways, he heard about them and got invited to go see them at the different drum, which was the place where Jay had the, mm-hmm. the store above and McMillan had the coffee shop. And we went and saw them, and I was just so blown away by them. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and I don't know what it is. Anything that Biddle get in, gets into is just gold. Yeah. He just is such a great all-around musician, and yes. his thinking is fantastic. Like, you, you know, we saw them, and I, th- I think we had just come off tour, and it was just like, and normally like, and sorry, I say tour, like we're a big touring act, but we we used to go on these like, whatever, five-day jaunts and then come back, and mm-hmm. then we did BC, like out to BC twice, which was uh memories and awesome yeah yeah um uh yeah and anyway so i remember coming back and i just whenever it happened i always would just hole up in the house i didn't want to leave the apartment Mm -hmm. just i was just tired i was exhausted from it all but i remember jeff saying like you you know biddle's band i think i think it was biddle and i think phil was in it or phil zeller
0: yeah and and colin clark yeah uh and can't remember who was the other guitar player because al was playing drums i think
1: that's right yeah yeah I was like, no no when we saw them al was on on um, guitar guitar yeah yeah
0: okay so then calder was calder on in
1: there at all that yeah was, i thought calder i thought calder was in there bass yeah and yeah. if he's listening he'll he'll probably send me a message like he won't hear this live obviously but yeah yeah yeah, yeah anyway, but yeah Cal- and i remember going and just sitting there saying like are you fucking kidding me yeah like this is so beyond anything that's coming out yeah when i and saw them
0: was- in your at the crack house i i caught like the last half of their set and went like, who are these kids? And like, yeah, they're like 16 years old. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah. What the Yeah, fuck? Yeah. And they were like 10 times better than any band we've ever seen at that point. And even the bands we played in at that point, they were just like yeah. phenomenal. And, uh, you know, Colin lives. I can walk to his house in five minutes right now. Oh, really? He lives That's right, awesome. yeah, like right around the corner from me. So uh, <laughs> Colin, yeah, he's, Colin's got to come on the show soon too.
1: Yeah, yeah, completely. And it's, it's just weird. Like, and I just remember that I'd hear these guys, like, and I just remember saying to myself, like, Fuck, you know, like so awesome to have that kind of mentality because I write a different style. I was raised in a different music, right? Mm-hmm. So mine, for me to write songs and to get technical as much as I love, you know, Texas is the reason and mm-hmm. and and, you know, split lip and all those guys. And, you know, I always think it's fantastic. Like when I hear it, I'm just like, this is mm-hmm. so amazing.
0: It's funny but you say not- that because I was just talking to Chad, who it was in Threadbare. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. and he's friends with all those Texas reason and all the doghouse because around doghouse and stuff. So yeah, he was he's going to be on the week before you. So uh, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah.
1: But you know when when you just hear that music, you're just like it's the first time I heard Jeff Buckley. Yeah, like the Grace album, I stopped playing
0: me too oh you know what it really that had a big effect on me that that grace album and now that in all these days of like leonard cohen's hallelujah and stuff like that all of the hallelujahs even the one that katie lang did are based on the jeff buckley
1: rendition of hallelujah yeah crazy yeah exactly and it's like and i always hear like you know it's like when you hear like you know uh what was it what uh, whatever one of those tv shows where they feed the kids full of hot air for their heads, for their egos to think that they're stars. Mm. Uh, and they come out and sing. And some girl came out and sang Hallelujah. And all the, the internet exploded with how beautiful her version was.
0: Mm.
1: And I was just like. That's Jeff Buckley's version. Yeah. yeah. It's like, don't, don't do it. Like, you're just, it was, you know, a little while ago, somebody was talking about um, John Bon Jovi did a cover of Hallelujah. Mm. And I was like, this sucks.
2: <laughs> like,
1: this just, bl-. and I just got, like, lambasted for saying it, right? And I'm like, if you want to hear a good, like, the version that he's covering? Yeah. This is it. You yeah, know. And yeah. Like, but yeah, when I heard that, I was just like, damn it, I can't I couldn't wrap my head around songwriting at that point. It just screws with you so much yeah. to hear pure genius. Yeah. You know, and I'm and I'm not like you know, you know you know what I do, but I'm not a four chord guy. But mm-hmm. I focus so much more on trying to melody like melody yeah. and 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 hook that I'm not that concerned about Chords. the yeah, yeah then, like, the, yes. let's, let's get some really tricky chords in. And that's what yeah. I kind of fell out of love with metal about was, you know, the early days was, like, Metallica, Raven, Accept, Tigers of Tang, all these amazing bands. But the big thing I loved about them was it was just straight ahead in your face, fuck, you know, like, mm-hmm. giver, you know. And, and that's what I loved about it. And then uh, Creator and all the other bands started coming out. And to this day, like, I still think the Crumb Suckers are a huge, like, amazing band. Mm-hmm. But they were so technical. Mm-hmm. That for me to play that it wasn't enjoyable. Yeah, it just it took too much time and too much. It, that's not what I was about. I wanted I'm I'm energy. I I like that angst and the anger,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that's what did it for me. So, and that brings me back to like with leftovers. Yeah, leftovers first recording did very well. Like you know, where it, did it you record us.
0: that by the way? Was that Cabin Fever?
1: Cabin Fever with Harry Hess. <laughs> I nailed it. Yeah, I knew it. See,
0: I didn't know that. Oh, I yeah. heard it and went. That's got to be a Harry Hess recording. Uh, yeah. Harry from Harem Scarum, everybody. Yeah. I knew yeah, it exactly. from Cabin yeah. Fever, because I recorded two yeah. songs there, too.
1: Oh, did you? Has its yeah, signature been,
0: sound, right?
1: Yeah, completely. And I've got a long history with, the, with those guys. Like, Well, Pete recorded the Lame album, right? Yeah. yeah, I, yeah. And Harry, Harry mastered it and everything up at Phase 1. We recorded between Hope Sound and Oshawa, which was Pete's home studio. Yeah. Uh, and, then, uh, and then up at Phase 1 with Harry. Yeah. Uh, um, but uh, anyways... Long story short, yeah. So we that album did so much great for us, and then uh, we went to New York to the CMJ, mm-hmm. and at that time, uh, In Living Color was really big. Mm-hmm. Like they were just coming out, and that whole King's X, that whole funk metal thing started yeah, coming out. Yeah, yeah. And and at our tr- at the time, our drummer Roy was really into it. So when your drummer is really into it, mm. it doesn't matter how heavy your riff is. Yeah. If he th- if he throws a funk beat into it. You know, you might as well just fucking, you know, you might as well put shit on the sandwich. It can be like the greatest pad, you know, whatever, uh, you know, sandwich you've made, but you just put that, what you don't like on it and next thing you know, it's gone.
0: Well, you guys sort of also, like, I mean, it's sort of carrying on from where the Chili Peppers were kind of just starting to emerge. Uh, Funk metal, um, late 80s. That's when music took a weird turn for weirdness. Like, I remember Living Color because uh, Cult of Personality was like, Wow, this is played really well. Like this sounds great. This is awesome. Yeah. It's sung well. It's played well. I c- I can pr- maybe subscribe to this. You know, like
1: yeah, yeah. Sonically, that was a great tune. Absolutely. The rest of the album, I didn't like. Mm-hmm. Like, and I've never been a thump snap player. I can play mm-hmm. it, but I just do Me not. Me neither. Enjoy it. No. It's like I think the thump is amazing. If you want to make a, a solid hit on a bass, yeah. You know, like with the drum kick, snare, you know, yeah. Grunk. nice, nice bell tone, awesome. The rest of the time, no. No, give me the fingers. Like you know, yeah. I want, to, I want I want the guy to play. I don't want a bass player to overplay. Yeah. I hate I hate listening to bass players who overplay everything.
0: Yeah. I just played bass on a song the other day. Actually, I hadn't played bass in I don't know years, but I yeah. played for in place of our bass player because he couldn't make it out to the session. And right. I played with a pick, so I was like completely like out of my element because I'd always play with fingers. But I think I nailed it. Now I'm pretty good. I still got yeah, the was- same bass. Actually, I don't know if you can see it back there that's the bc rich base okay. oh no way yeah i still is have it, it
1: is it the rich or the rico bc rico
0: it's an eagle
1: okay yeah yeah yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. it's
0: an eagle with emgs and now what i later found out is that bases those emgs came stock right with, yeah, yeah. with the bc rich i thought they came with a passive but you could order them with uh like an 81 or an 82 with yeah. emgs in it so uh it's pretty, awesome. it's pretty stock. It's pretty stock. I took one battery out of it because it had two batteries, and they, right. and w- along the line, it sort of started screwing up. And uh, yeah, that's a kick-ass bass.
1: Yeah, it's once you find it's like my area, the Area Pro Two. It's like you just you don't find another tone. Like it becomes part of what you do. It's like I had
0: your bass for a little while, had that bass, and it was like, yeah. um, I couldn't get enough. I couldn't get enough level out of it. Oh, okay. It felt yeah. like you had to really play it hard to make right. it make a sound.
1: Yeah, and that was because when by the time you got it, the pickups were on their way out.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, that makes sense. So,
1: <laughs> so it's it's now. Um, so th- yeah, the story isn't as like uh, just a quick thing for you guys. Uh, the bass went from me to Jay, I guess. Yep. Um, and then Phil Zeller bought my bass rig back then, which was just a small thing, a little PV rig. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Jay got my bass. He traded it to you.
0: Yep. For my you- five string shitty five string thing i had
1: yeah that was the thing that you used in uh, um kingpin
0: yes later yeah yeah kingpin, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah, yeah. that's yeah the sound is so weak on that eh? it's like oh, so yeah. thin like mid-thin yep um can you imagine if you had like a like your eagle back then on that on your oh, recordings
0: dude. no i know it would be night and day eh? i know right
1: uh and that's still you know that that little cassette i still have it. i still have the shirt actually the kingpin shirt yeah um yeah but that, rec- that those albums are that's that cassette is awesome
0: well the stuff that stefan recorded was through a rickenbacker 4001 oh okay that he like made sound like a p-bass so right, that bass yeah. sounds pretty good but the stuff we did at um uh the studio Pete's. on dagmar Pete hudson's. uh where
1: what? wasn't it at Pete hudson's
0: no we did we did stuff at uh a place where the oh god i can't remember what it's called now but it was with james stanley oh, yeah, yeah, I remember. yeah 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 and he recorded the the other half of that trigger happy album that the kingpin that became trigger happy right uh and that's with that five string that's with like uh ulcer man and yeah, the yeah, thin yeah. sounding stuff like yeah. the biggest mistake in the world is try to record something for like it was like a four thousand dollar recording to a like three hundred and fifty dollar recording like <laughs> yeah. they don't yeah. they don't mix together well
1: yeah they we, should have gone separate probably could have put them out in two different parts yeah yeah
0: yeah live but and learn think- right
1: Yeah, exactly. But yeah, and it's still like I still love all those songs. Those are great songs. But yeah, yeah, um, but yeah, when it came to the bass, so it went to you, and then Phil got it. He had it with um, scratching Scratching post. Post. Yeah, and uh, bad blood. Yet another posse. Then bad blood. Yeah, Uh, and then uh, I guess one night at a scratching post gig, I don't know how lit he was, or if he was just doing what I do, and that's just you just get so pissed off. He's just so angry at the world uh, that he, I guess he started just overhanding it into the stage and Calder was with him and basically just said, uh, he, I guess he'd always wanted that bass. Yeah. And he had said, no, like basically there's no fucking way you're And he ran up on stage and took it.
0: Yeah. Broken. And that
1: was, yeah, In but pieces. it wasn't broken. Like it wasn't that bad. Was
0: the neck broken longs- off? But with the neck, no, neck wasn't broken proper though, right? Like
1: No, no, I... I, the the neck crack never came from that the neck break <laughs> the neck break is from uh, when I had the bass mm. a long time ago uh, we were opening for Sacrifice we used to play with Sacrifice a lot back in the day and do you know do you remember Jody Salter yeah yeah yeah, yeah he used to take photographs but he was also part of like our traveling group so we had the 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 uh, oh man. I can't remember what we used to call themselves, but anyways, it was something for uh, Pray for Death Road Crew. And uh, they used to come around. It was more just to get drunk with. Uh, But anyway, so they thought it would be, Jody thought for shits and giggles it would be hilarious on the way to a gig to tape my case completely shut. (laughs) So he, he got it like a roll of fucking gaff tape and wrapped the case, my Area Pro 2 case. Just, I couldn't open the case. And he taped the handle down, the whole bit, so he couldn't even carry it. And so nobody would pick up the bass. They just thought, we leave it for Gary. He'll think it's hilarious. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And me, being a guy who I, back then, didn't have sentimental value, just said, you know, do your fucking job or you're not getting drunk. Mm -hmm. And they were like, oh, 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 you care. So I picked it up and like a, not like a football, but more like a a shot put, hurled the case (laughs) across the parking lot before the sacrifice. Well, it hit the ground hard and you heard it. Like yeah. within the case, you heard the Doing. and the, yeah. and then we're laughing, and so we get a knife out and we slice open the case, and fuck, there it is, all the strings broken. I have no backup set, and the neck is cracked from the headstock going down the neck,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but it was cracked perfectly, so the the tension on the of the strings kept it together all the years, no issues. Mm-hmm. So I uh, broke uh, the uh, input jack on it and a couple other things, but we just and it got. It's some dings on it, but I was never that concerned about it. So as it made its way around, and, like, you know, when, when uh, Phil crashed, Phil put, uh, there's a big uh, uh, compression punch uh, on it, mm-hmm. like, from where it hit and it cracked, uh, and a couple chips out of it. But besides that, you know, I took it to a guy here in town by the name of Jazz Romaine who makes custom pickups, mm-hmm. and I uh, gave him uh, the wiring diagram from that Area Pro 2 sent me, And uh, he wired it up with a set of Kent Armstrongs because that's what they were recommending. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I went and tracked down all the parts because when oh, so anyways, Mike had it. I'll tell you in a second. Get back to it. And uh, had it all wired up. It sounds a million like a million bucks. Um, Mike had it and carried it around with him, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: everywhere he went. So Mike went from Oshawa to BC to Calgary. Mm -hmm. The bass went with him everywhere. And we talking. I wasn't even talking to him on Facebook. We were just friends on Facebook. And I posted. I bought a Paduk Red uh, Area Pro Two. And then I bought a black SB1000 Area Pro, and I was like so happy to get one of these. And he sent me this. Oops, sorry. He sent me this message saying, "I have your base," <laughs> and I was like, "Are you kidding?" And he was like, "No." And I said, "What do you want for it?" And he goes, "Send me your address." Oh. And he's like, and then he just said, "Send me 42 bucks for shipping." That's
0: and, awesome, Mike Calder. Yeah, you yeah. are a star.
1: Yeah. So a yeah. week, not even a week, not even four days later, it was at my house.
0: Yeah, and, back uh, home. You know,
1: Back home and it's and it and it gets played. Like I don't yeah. play my SP one thousand at all. It's just the nine. Really? It's so sound, it sounds so good. Like yeah. you know. Yeah and the yeah. rig, you know. Yeah. So and it's it's my go to. Like when I want to test something out, like, oh try this bass amp, it's that's where I go. Yeah. It's like so, so big sounding. So but, when yeah.
0: so lame days too, I mean yeah. like so when you there was so many different versions of lame. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like there was yeah. there I don't even know how many iterations, almost as many as trigger happy, I would say. Yeah, one yeah, might say. So. Yeah. Um, and what I came to a realization is, why did I never play in lame? Why did that never happen? And why not? Like, why
1: not? Yeah, true. Well, I think what it, <laughs> I think what it was is like. So when, so yeah, there was many guys in the band, but it it wasn't as if they were getting kicked out. Mm-hmm. Like Runt's the only guy that ever got kicked out, rehired, kicked out, rehired. Yeah, kind of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's just a personal thing. He and I will always be like that. I could, you know, like we, we last time we talked, we said we will never ever get in a band together again. Yeah. It just doesn't, like, he's a great player. Like, when he wants, like, he doesn't play anymore.
0: No, no, okay, yeah. Yeah, no, I but, see him on Facebook time, time, time. Yeah, ago.
1: yeah. He's still short. He's a, yeah, it's strange. Yeah. I thought he, uh, um, <laughs> but he, you know, he, like everybody, you know, just, he grew up completely different than what I thought was going to happen.
0: <clears throat> right. You know,
1: so, yeah, he, could, awesome. he
0: went normal, like he's got a job and stuff, like career yeah, yeah, stuff. Yeah,
1: career, uh, you know, he's, he's got a son that he takes care of very well. He's, yeah. you know, it's just awesome to see. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things that you're like, right on, good for you.
0: Yeah, last um, time my son was at a funeral. Granny's Granny's Yeah, as his wake. And uh, I was surprised how balanced and normal, because I've always thought, Kevin, you know, we know Kev, We know people in our 20s. Yep. And then we think those some of those people just stay that person. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, Kevin is an example of someone who didn't. He no. he He changed it into a different person, yeah. you know, yeah, for it, the better. Was,
1: yeah, exactly. It was it was as if he just kind of had said like, you know, I I don't want to be that guy, mm. and then just bailed and and went to Toronto and that was it and reinvented or whatever. But you mm-hmm. know, good for it's awesome. To, it is awesome to see. But so yeah, so with lame, it wasn't really a matter of kicking guys out. It was just a matter of I I can't say I'm like I'm like Al. Mm -hmm. you know and i don't mean that as any disrespect no Al was so uh focused on what he wanted right Mm -hmm. um but at this at the same time it just kind of flipped so with lame whenever when lame was going you were doing trigger happy that's right because who replaced you in trigger happy you did Yay! Hey, how's it going, everybody? Um, so when you left Trigger Happy, I came and filled in, or J- Jim came.
0: Well, like- Jim came. Yeah, I was playing drums. We were just out of that van crash era where yeah. um, I was broke. I had no vehicle really, and yeah. I wasn't. Um, as soon as I got another van, it turned into oh, great! Trigger Happy knows, has another van to tour and wreck. And, yeah. and and in long story short and i'm this is al knows this but i wasn't interested in being the provider anymore of the band right. you know and that's right. sort of why i moved on and i remember you because i was playing drums and i remember uh-huh. you came up to me at the end of show go and you said something like um the only reason i'm in this band is because you're in this band kind of thing like it's this nice yeah. conversation but i'd still already made my mind up i would already joined red fisher at that point and i was already like yeah planning my exodus you know
1: yeah exactly and to this day, it's like, I still think it's awesome. I, I love, the, you know, Jason and John were awesome guys. Like, yeah. Whenever they used to come through, before you ever in, were in them, they used to come out to Oshawa and we used to do the, I used to do the hall shows in a bung fest. As yeah. We called it. I yeah. I played that.
0: I played yeah. that one. Yeah.
1: You played You played the second one. The first one, they came on their own. Oh, really? Yeah, it was them. And I can't remember their bass player at the time. Would have been Brad. Yeah, Brad. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Okay. I don't remember them coming out. I remember them yeah. coming out and playing with Trigger Happy once but i don't remember them traveling through that's interesting yeah they,
1: yeah, they came they came and uh, they played bung because they stayed at my place that was the infamous free <laughs> uh, we used to have like these really stupid marketing ideas like so we did a free turkey dinner yeah <laughs> so we, we made sure that we had a we bought a hungry man turkey dinner because <laughs> it didn't say free turkey dinners dinner, free yeah, turkey yeah. dinner yeah dinner so we gave one out um and uh they they were driving this old Dodge van. Yeah. At the time. That red and, van. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it was so funny because we were they were hanging we were just hanging out and they like John came with us. I think Jason came too, but to go get the turkey dinner and stuff. And we're driving and it's like out of the the console, the engine console, just black smoke. <laughs> right? It's like we gotta get that fixed. They got the windows rolled down. It was so funny. <laughs> but anyway um yeah, so anyways, that's how it kind of went. When you went, uh, you went Red Fisher, and then I stayed, and Wally came in, um, and that was all fine and everything, and I had a good time. But then things mm. just started getting too intense, and I started feeling pressure from uh, the lame guys, or I started feeling pressure or carrying it yeah. up, as I say, because you know, as, you know, it's it's like, as as Jay would say, the Schwalitics would would come out.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, you're you're hearing fr- you know, you're hearing through the grapevine that your own band. Is pissed off at you because you're playing Mm
2: -hmm. in
1: another band, and how is it that the guy who whose band it is that they're playing in is playing in somebody else's band? And it was all that. So then I was like, and then it just got a little too intense for a while because I don't, you know, at that point, Al was just, I think he was just angry at the world again, Mm -hmm. and was just, you know, taking it out on everything. And I just,
0: yeah, and him and Mark were very uh, in tune with uh, each other but they yeah. were also like brothers and they would fight mm-hmm. like brothers and it became oh, like totally. to the point of, Ooh, uh, okay. I, <laughs> this is
1: serious stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. You know? Yeah. It, it, yeah. The, the, we had the one tour, we went up to Montreal and it was like part good time and then part just bad time. Cause it was like, everybody'd be fine in the car. Yeah. But then as soon as we got out of the car, it was like, you know, it's like, um, are we getting any money? Like or yeah. you know, we haven't eaten in a day, like what's going on? And yeah. then and then Mark would get all pissed off and then I got pissed off because I was I was I was hungry. Yeah. You know, it's like it's like I haven't eaten, like what's going on? And then Al got pissed at me because I took Mark's side. <laughs> and then it was just like it was just all hilarious. But you know, you look back at it and it's like you know, I, I left just before they went to Germany
0: yes yeah. so, and i left so, just before they went on tour with bad brains so you would have done that bad brains tour did you do nope, the bad nope, brains no nope, no
1: nope, no nope. no that was just before me that was just, uh, sorry that was just after me
0: cuz you quit kind of around the time i did then i guess
1: yeah i quit uh, i recorded on Cooler. yeah um we did the uncooler album co i actually wrote part of it but never really got the <laughs> yeah well, never got that part of it but that's okay um yeah wrote it, wrote part of it and recorded it and then we uh and then mixed it, and I left.
2: Mm-hmm. We
1: were having a party one night, and Al got, well, he was really, I think he was messed up or whatever, but it was something to do with acid. Either, yeah, you guys do acid with the band or you're out of the band. Oh. <laughs> and, and and I just called Al Mitchell, who used to hang out with. us. All oh, the time. I know Al,
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah. and I no. just called him up and hey,
1: can you come and get me? Yeah. Because I wasn't driving. Yeah. And I was like, can you come and get me? He's like, why? I'm like, oh, I just quit Trigger Happy, and I want to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Yeah. So we left, and then uh, Rodney Dunn was there. I remember Rodney Yeah, I he remember Rodney. Great. Yeah, yeah. He was an awesome guy.
0: Yeah, that's, uh, you know, that's two guys. That's because Al's dead now and, and Rodney's dead. Al. Mitchell. You mean, uh. Mitchell? No, no, no. Al no. Mitchell. Yeah. No. Yeah. What? Al Mitchell died like three years ago. Cancer. Really? Yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: That, that would explain why he doesn't talk to me anymore.
0: Yeah. Well, he's still on <laughs> Facebook. <laughs> I see him on Facebook, but it's, yeah, no, because his sister lives just up in Knoxbridge too. Uh, Lindsay, really? Lindsay, Lindsay Mitchell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He died. Like, it was real wow. fast too. Like it was like three months uh, yeah. and it just took him like he, before he could even, I think he went into the hospital with like some pain and then yep. didn't leave. Like he just literally just died. It was, it was pretty crazy.
1: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's insane. That sucks. I was very, uh, as strange as it is, I was very close with him uh, yeah. when I was younger. We were best friends. Uh, we, I moved to London and he was pissed off at me for leaving mm-hmm. and, and we didn't talk. He, uh, you know, long story short, he got a, we were like inseparable. Then he got a girlfriend and then he just stopped coming around.
0: Yeah. Well, that's always and, the way, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, and I always enjoyed him because he was, and this all likens back to a bunch of stuff, but mm-hmm. I was talking about big fish little pond. Yeah. Well, with the big fish comes a really big ego for no apparent reason. Yeah. So. Al Mitchell was the only friend I had that always destroyed me.
0: Put you in check.
1: Oh, man. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Because we went to high school together. We were in the same grade. And I remember him not liking me at all. (laughs) I remember him just like nothing to do with me, although we had the same kind of circle of friends. Yeah. There was nothing he would have to do with me until we left and I started playing in like bands and stuff when he started realizing that oh okay so you're not a you know you're not this weird nerd you know you're okay you know right and so i got acceptance from him it took a long time and i remember taking that and being kind of pissed off about it because it took like 15 years for him to come and reconnect with me and i remember going hey i've been here for 15 years you've had your (laughs) chance you know what i mean yeah and then like a lot of fun and then the regret is the fucking bastard dies the next year right so you're like oh now i can't I can't bring that back, you know. I can't yeah. tell him like cuz I never even told him. It's listen, man, in high school, you spat at me. You spat at my face. Yeah. You know, like and that's horrible. Yeah. That's horrific, yeah. right? Yeah. And and then we became sort of associates in in rock and roll in sort of the 90s. But that's not enough. You know what I mean? Like, no, there's no, still it's like not old enough. wounds that need to, you know, to
1: heal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's been a um I can honestly say it's been a shit six years for me with people passing like Yeah. And not saying I'm like, oh, it's all with me. Mm-hmm. But just meaning it, it just touches on exactly that. And you're the first one to tell me about Al. And that yeah.
0: Really,
1: um, yeah. I'm kind of quiet right now because it's actually hitting really hard.
0: Yeah. So. No, he's, a, he was, yeah, you know, and you're right. He was, he was somewhat of a, he was his own person, you know what I mean? And yeah. he was just a good dude. Big, and, you know, he will. Bigger than life. Absolutely. Than life. Absolutely. Uh, you know, no,
1: and I, and you know, anybody can tell you around the lame camp that he was actually like, you know, he was there. Like he was, he was very, I was very close. Like we. Mm-hmm. You know, we hung out all the time. Yeah. Um, he he used to drive from Pickering to to come to Oshawa and hang out at my apartment all the time. Yeah, like yeah. We, he just was always there. He never left. Yeah. Uh, so that's that. Um, uh, anyways, yeah, and Granny passing, and then uh, obviously Mark uh, passing. Yeah. Uh, my my father and my dog and all that other oh, stuff. Oh, you, you and your dog. And a few others. I, I, um, so it's been weird, but uh, God, it's like that whole thing. You know, it's like it just shows you everything keeps moving. Yeah. And you just got to kind of look at the positive stuff out of it, you know? And oh, yeah. You know, like, as, as, if it wasn't for Grant, Lame wouldn't be where they are. Nope. Because he took it up to the next level. And, you know, as much as, uh, you know, and, and again, not, no doubt on it, and it just takes us back to the re- revolving door of Lame, you know, as much as Curtis Woods is on the album, uh, all the drum parts that were recorded are all Grant,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? Like, you know, and they're not, you know, and, and, and in all honesty, they're not even drum parts they are programmed because we didn't have a drummer
2: yeah
1: uh, grant left the band just before we went into the studio because yeah, i remember that yeah uh, the the kid coming along yeah uh ryan came along who is in what's his band something 21
0: 21? i saw no, i saw him uh i met him for the first time actually uh, okay. at his at his unfortunately at his wake but yeah. i can't remember yeah that was uh yeah so i remember Gra- um yeah grant used to let me his drum kit and I recorded yeah. uh, Two Line Filler's first album on New Red Archives, and I played drums on half of it with that yeah, drum t- kit.
1: Yeah, Tyler Stewart's old kit, the Canwoods. Yeah, the, the Canwoods. And yeah. he
0: actually, in 2010, connected through Facebook with me and said, do you want to buy them? And I'm, I didn't realize um, he was ill and sick at that point. you know." Yeah. So I was like, yeah, you no, know, give me a couple of years, you know, whatever. Like, And then the fucking guy dies, like what, 2012, 13?
1: Yeah, 12 or 13, yeah. Yeah. yeah it hasn't been that long.
0: No, right.
1: Yeah. So I, those drums I've are still sp- hanging out. Yeah, I've never, spoke, I've never spoken. I've never spoken Ryan. I've never spoken to Adam either. hmm mm-hmm. I couldn't. I couldn't bring myself to talk to him at the funeral because it's just—it's
0: horrific, right?
1: Yeah, it's horrific. Nobody, like, you know, it was, you know, it's that same thing. It's like when my dad died. I didn't want to talk to anybody at the funeral. It's like, what are you supposed to say? Yeah. Because every, every, everybody's just awkward. You never, you don't get that person, and it's like, and then. You, oh, I remember you when you were this big. It's like, yeah. hey, Ryan, you know, yeah, your dad yeah. was awesome. You know? Yeah, you know, yeah. It, and it should, you just want to say, like, your dad loved you so much.
0: He that knows he, that. You don't need yeah. to state the obvious. I yeah. know. I'm with you on that. Yeah. 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 Like, well, you know, when my brother died, um, same under the same circumstances as your dad, uh, it, it was uh, at the funeral, I almost felt it, though I got into this weird moment where all these people just started coming by and talking. It mm-hmm. completely knocked me out of whatever like weirdness I was in for some reason. Like I didn't get, I became an extrovert and started like, Oh, this is great. When it was like the the hardest thing you've ever done in your whole life. Yeah. It turns into this, Oh, all these people, you know, are helping me, you know? So
2: yeah. Yeah. It takes a
0: different, yeah. Everything's different. Right. You know what I mean? So you never know. And you can never tell when you're in those situations, you know? And I thought I couldn't go to Mark's um, Gibson or Kluchnik's funeral because I was working, but I did go sign the book. I oh, went okay. down and signed the book before I uh, cuz then I had to come back to work but uh yeah it's tough man you know and when people die it's you have to like uh you process it and then you mm-hmm. go okay well I'm still here um yep. what can I do to either keep that part going alive, alive yep. um and what can I take out of it yeah completely. that's positive you know what i mean yeah We've all had, you know, like weird near-death experiences, whether it be from oh, yeah. drinking too much or, you know, yeah. you know health driving issues. Driving a van off the road. Driving a van off the road, like, yeah. so. But we never really clued in in, the, in when, when we were twenty. We we're like, oh, yeah, it just happened. But when you get older, you start processing things a little bit differently, you know.
1: Yep, yep. After my dad passed, boy, this is a weird podcast. It's just all negative. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, God, sorry, sorry, everybody. I expected to be all happy today, but I guess not. Yeah. And that's part of me, right? Like yeah. You. Like, I might you either get me when I'm up or you get me when I'm like, you know, yeah. on the downslide. And that's a, it's, you know, it's great for writing when I'm in this state. Yeah. Like, I, <laughs> and I, fuck, I ping pong so much in conversation and I apologize. Harry Hess used to tell me a long time ago when I met Allison, so my now wife, yeah. uh, we'd finished writing the, I finished recording the Lame album and everybody was all excited about it. And it to this day, it still sounds really cool. I still mm-hmm. am proud of that work. Agreed. Um, I have a ton of songs that I still want to record, but whatever. I'm old. Um. Anyways, Harry, I met my my then wife, uh, my my girlfriend then wife now wife. Uh, and Harry said, "Well, that's it. He's done." <laughs> you know, and I was like, "What do you mean?" He's like, "You're happy." He goes, "You can't write happy." Uh, he's yeah. like, "He's like you. You write best when you are upset, like when you're so depressed." He said, "Or when you're so angry."
2: Mm-hmm. He
1: said. He said, Happy's not in your forte is not part of your game. Yeah. And he's exactly right. Yeah. I wasn't able to write anything for the long time. So everything I wrote I hated, but that's normal for me anyways. Um, but then after my dad died, boy, did I start writing again? Yeah. And then then Granny died, and I was like, Man, same thing. And Mark and I, I never made it to the funeral because I was out of the loop. I wasn't talking to people.
0: Yeah, I remember like, you saying too that you and I weren't even on talking terms at that point anyways. Like there was no. some there's some just some odd things. Either your departure from that like leaving to go to london and sort of depart from the scene is kind of yeah. what happened you know yeah it's what happens you know you, yeah. you tend to like keep that wall up for a little while longer you know as we get older you know you start breaking down those walls a little bit you know
1: yeah exactly exactly yeah. And, the, and the whole thing is is i don't know if there was ever any like animosity like when i quit leftovers there was animosity with those right. guys those guys just hated me i was like i to this day i still hear people dislike me Stuff I never did I was talking to uh somebody a, a few years ago and they had they had heard a story about trigger happy on tour of something they had done I wasn't even in the band, <laughs> but I was mentioned as being a culprit oh yeah and I, and I remember saying straight out like uh, just say so I wasn't in the band yeah it's like you know I didn't do that tour i wasn't i was gone
0: i, I got think. a I got a great one with Wally, because wally basically Phil replaced me after I quit and he played drums. Right. And we I had this friend out in Banff and she was a close friend and just a buddy. Like it wasn't like, you know, whatever. Just We were just friends. I would go stay at her place whenever I was in town. Wally is trying to hook up with this girl, my friend, and starts shit talking me. And I never even met Wally. I didn't even know Wally. He never knew me. And so he's like, yeah, that guy's a fucking asshole. He got no fucking this and that. And she's like. And she knew the whole politics behind it because at that point I was in Red Fisher. He goes, yeah, but you might have never even met him as a person. Like, yeah. so what are you talking shit about him? And he's a friend of mine. And he completely shut him down. It was awesome, you know? Yeah,
2: yeah. Awesome. And
0: then years later, Wally's like, we're, I'm in Vancouver. And Wally's like, you play bass? And this other guy over there, you play guitar, not drum. Let's start a band. And I'm like, not on your fucking life. No <laughs> way will I be in a band with Wally. No, thank yeah. you. Uh, yeah. I'm I'm crazy on my own Thank you very much
1: Yeah exactly He lives here He lives in London Yeah he's, I've seen him yeah. a few
0: He's back right Because yeah. that's oh. where he originally That's yeah, where that's, he's originally that's from That's where
1: we met him Yeah we, we met him playing The Electric Banana Yeah When, when you and I were in Trigger App It was your last show
0: Yeah And he you came up
1: just, because I played drums <laughs> Yeah But you had just You had just announced it On the ride up Like made it official Yeah like, Hey guys uh, Just so you know This is my last show I'm flying out Whatever day <laughs> And I was all quiet because I knew you told me straight out. You're like, I got to tell you this ahead of time because I'm feeling guilty. Cause I brought you into the band. Yeah. Yeah. And that was when we had the conversation. <laughs> I'm in the band cause of you. And now you're leaving me. And I remember Al looking at me as soon as he said it to you, as soon as you said it official. Yeah. He looks at me, he goes, and now you're fucking quitting. Right. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, no, no, I'm st- I'll stick around for, for at
0: least in a I'm month like, or two.
1: Yeah. I'll stick around. Okay. It's like, and I was having fun. Like, and it, And in all honesty, playing with Mark was a complete pleasure. Yeah. Because Mark embodied, in my opinion to this day, what every fucking guitar player should play like. Yeah. You get out there. Play your artist. Yeah, you give it all. We played Montreal. (laughs) We were playing Montreal, and it was still one of my favorite stories. I got to play some great shows with those guys. We opened for Quicksand. Mm Mm-hmm. On the on the Slip Tour. I did. I played drums on that. Yeah. That was still, to this day, one of my favorite gigs I've ever played. Yeah, at the Spectrum, and, right? Yeah. yeah. And part of it was Mark punching the kid in the face, <laughs> and then the kid getting all excited. Yeah. Because the kid <laughs> tried to grab Mark's guitar pick.
2: Yeah, and yeah. Mark
1: jumped out to the crowd, punched him in the face, and jumped back up on, and kept playing. And I was oblivious to it, because yeah. that was when I was in the Mad Professor days, as Al used to call it, with the uh, the dress shoes and the shorts. <laughs> I, used to, I used to wear dress shoes and shorts. Thinking, Man, what was I doing? I still, my hair was crazy before it fell out. And um, anyways, I just I just remember that. And it was just such a good time. But um, Mark, we're in Montreal. We played some shows and we played that. We opened it. it. was this weird show. It was Trigger Happy. I think Sacrifice was playing. You may have been. Were you on that one or was that Wall I Lee?
0: might have been there with Good. No, I wasn't playing because I never played. out. I, I don't think I ever played Montreal in Trigger Happy. Though I did okay. meet up with them when I was doing South for Good Riddance a few times. But I don't think okay. you were there i think kari no. was playing base at that point
1: yeah. yeah so we played this small little club and it was when montreal was in the playoffs against la i think
0: it was mm-hmm.
1: and uh, montreal won the cup mm-hmm. and so we're playing well al kind of buys this inflatable stanley cup from the 70s like yeah. i had one when i was a little kid living in vancouver
2: yeah.
1: and he blows it up right and he's all like yeah you know and he's, we're doing the set and uh we had the, the the our road manager pageant set up was a guy named Rufus. Yeah. Not why I named my dog Rufus. But anyways. Uh, and anyway, so during the show, Al pulls up the Stanley Cup and puts it on his crotch and starts badmouthing the Canadians. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's a diehard leaf fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he starts doing that. Well, anyways, we play, the crowd gets really pissed off. Strange. Montreal crowds getting pissed off instead yeah. of trashing their team.
2: Yeah.
1: And And we finish the set, and Rufus fucking runs up on stage, and he goes, get into the back room right now. And I'm like, i got to get my gear. He's like, just get in the back room. So we get in the back room. I guess the fucking place was going crazy. wanted to kill us. Yeah. Because of all antics. We had to sit in the back room. Didn't even get to see Sacrifice play. So we're in the back, bugging, like, joking around with Gus and those guys. And then all of a sudden, it's like the show is over, and uh, Rufus comes in. He goes, "Uh, stay here until until I come get you. And the Boy. van, they, they pull up the white van, the doors open, and we're ushered into the van and we're gone. <laughs> Meanwhile, Montreal had won the cup, and uh, the street is on fire. They're rioting. <laughs> uh, Le Bay, as I always say, Le Bay, uh, you know, trash cans thrown through the windows a whole bit. <laughs> and the next morning we get up and, and Paget's like, oh, we should go down downtown, like for the parade. Oh, and so we go down, and the whole thing is just like, blackened vehicles, smash windows, like charred <laughs> things. And then there's like the, the, the cup, you know, you Patrick was sitting there with on the back of the, yeah. the, the the car and waving. And I'm just like, this is so surreal. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and the next night Mark goes out and to get back to my story, Mark gets, goes out and goes skateboarding with a bunch of guys drinking and, and uh, such and uh, comes back and has to go to the hospital because he dislocated his knee. Mm-hmm trying to land something. And this brings us back to why Mark is the guitar player that everybody should have or should fight to be like every day of their lives. We play the next show. He's told he's not supposed to be on his leg on his, cause his knee will buckle. He's got a stool on stage and we're playing and halfway through the show, he's so fucked up on painkillers and booze that he just says, fuck it and just gets up <laughs> and throughout all the pain, high kicks, like, you know, jumping. slamming into each yeah. other, jumping the whole bit and you know, there was a rule, right? Al had the center.
2: Yeah.
1: You know, you were Wally had the back. Yeah. And then we had our side. And it was like if you crossed into Mark's side, anything goes. Yeah. And vice versa. If he came over to my because we both were kind of spazzy when we played. Yeah. So, you know, like we just we played hard and and so it wouldn't if I got near him, there's a good chance I'd get a guitar like a headstock. In the face. Right? Yeah in the face or in the head or somewhere and it would be the same thing cause we just played and it, but anyways, you know, here's this guy, you know, taking painkillers and, you know, drinking and not to the of like he's so destroyed, mm-hmm. but the fact that he just was numb, but yeah. he gave everything. He just yeah. went for it. There's a great... it was like that.
0: Sorry, go, go ahead.
1: No, I, I just meant like he went for that every time we played. Didn't yeah. matter how he felt. Yeah. He just, it was hard. He played hard.
0: There's a good video out there somewhere of him playing his SG, and he's playing yeah. it so hard, he broke the neck.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah. he just
0: does the guitar solo with his mouth, <laughs> just to, to fill in what was going on. Yeah. I wish I could find that video, because I only saw it once, and I oh, can't yeah, remember yeah. who took it, but I think it was one of those, because there's an infamous, I don't know if you're part of it, but them playing the Hard Rock Cafe no. for the first time. And they're like, who wants to fight us? And people like throw money at them. Like, I'll fight you. Like, and Al's on the tables, kicking drinks over. Um, that's a video somewhere that people can watch. Really? Yeah. That's, that's, a gr- that's great. There's a great Trigger that's- Happy story where I was in Vancouver and I was kind of living there at the time and Trigger Happy were playing the Niagara and... Uh, and they pull up and they're like literally playing in five minutes. They pull up, set up and start playing. I didn't even have a chance to say hi to all of them. Yeah. And then they start and it's like Al calling them all a whole bunch of drug out hippies and drug addicts and, and like spilling drinks out of people's hands. Yeah. And uh, this guy is almost 25 years ago, but they were in. Oh, I guess Curtis was playing bass at that time because they were in okay. that ambulance thing. And um, <laughs> I remember I was just hanging out on the sidewalk waiting for them to show up. And this Korean girl came up and said, where's the fun? Like, where do we have fun? I'm like, well, I'm going to go have some fun in about two hours. and You're welcome to come with me. And I take this lady and she's wearing like a $600 pantsuit, obviously rich as fuck. And what? like, like, just has no idea. She's from South <laughs> Korea. And she comes in like, what the fuck is this? And people are <laughs> spilling drinks and throwing them all over the place. And she's getting it all over her. And she's like, this is the best fun I've ever had. And I wonder what that lady's doing right now. Because like, it was yeah, like, she'd call me up eventually, like occasionally say, let's go have a meeting. Because the meeting was like have dinner or hang out. Like, let's yeah. have a meeting. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a fucking chaotic scene where Al's like two yeah. steps away from like getting into a fight with somebody and that person giving him a hug. And then yeah, yeah, those yeah. are all these moments of trigger happy that are like, I can't believe for all yeah. these years that how that happened. It's like, it's like wrestling. It's like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like he, he yeah. would, you love to hate out. Yeah.
1: Yeah. He, he would bring it on. And then at the last minute, yeah. just somehow twist it and turn it back to just a, how's it going, buddy? Yeah. And they always, they ate it up with a spoon. They yeah. always got sucked in. Cause that, Cause that I, was, that and- was
0: me. I would have people threatening to fight me. Yeah, and, uh, I would
1: be probably dead.
0: Yeah, I could be. My, <laughs> I'd have. I'd at least have like a, a dislocated orbital socket or something. That right? something, something, yeah. something, bad. Like my face would droop a little bit on one side, like because I had yeah, brain yeah. damage because somebody beat the shit out of me so bad. So, yeah, but yeah, yeah. that's his, is that's his superpower. Like he can yeah, actually, oh, com-
1: yeah. he can turn. It, and we, it's funny because you know, I always like I'm that guy. I I learn right. I I I kind of follow the the. What's happening, and and even with Lame, there's a great video uh, which is called Spitfest, where we played we played at the Moon Room, and we played outside. So they had the stage set up outside. There was a band before us, us, and there was somebody else, and I can't remember who it was, um, but they were on tour, big touring act,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and they were playing the Moon Room, and it was it was a big anniversary show of some sort, like some reason for it, mm-hmm. and I hadn't. I had just kind of come off the wagon because I'd been dry for a long time. And I remember it was the night that Mike Starr came down to see us. I was down yeah. at Star, the yeah, Down at Star Starr. Records. <laughs> yeah, and I remember saying to him, you've got to come down. And he's like, nah. I'm like, and I remember talking to him. I'm like, dude, like, I've been in here for years. Yeah. Like You sell me my records. You, know, you sell my CDs. You yeah. sell my T-shirts for the band. You mm-hmm. sell tickets for us. Yeah. Come on down. I'll put you on the guest list. I'll buy you a drink. So he came down. I was blown away he came down. And we sat there, and I just kept buying him drinks all night, mm-hmm. and we got pretty um, drunk. Uh, and it was a lot of like, I got to see a different side of him, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, me being the little kid buying Metallica records. To, yeah. The the day I first bought my first uh, replacement album, and he goes, he stops everything, and he goes, hey, everybody, look who's buying good music. Ha ha
0: ha!
1: Mike <laughs> Starr. Like, this is awesome. Rest yeah. in peace, Mike Starr. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so we play this show, and don't know if it was Grant, if it was a Tuton, who's an amazing drummer, um, uh, Kurt, I think it was, it was probably Toots. Anyways, we played the show. And Craig and Teuton and Kurt, whoever it was, or even Granny, used to spit on each other when we played.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: We used to just, like, hork on each other because we were punk kids, I guess. But by then we were adults. Mm-hmm. Sorry, hold on. And, uh, yeah, anyways, long story short, Uh, we start (laughs) spitting on the crowd and saying, we invite you to spit on us. Hmm. And so Todd uh, Tanaguchi used to hang out with us. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, Craig's friend videotaped it. And in the videotaping, all you see is like a white cloud, like a snowstorm (laughs) of Hork coming back and forth at us. And it was hilarious. Uh, And yeah, it was pretty hilarious. It was actually pretty funny back then. Um, Coming off the stage, I remember Mike Starr just saying to me, you guys are actually really good. He goes, I could do with the spitting part. Because <laughs> it was just like we were in a, we were in a storm, right? Yeah. And, but then the headlining band, so we got shut down. The cops came and shut us down because we were too loud. Yeah. Zugin was on sound, and he always made us loud. That was part of the, the love for Ron, is because Ron always pushed it hard for us, right? Yeah, yeah. So then this, the touring band shows up to play, and they're so pissed off because we got shut down. So they drove straight from whatever gig to like from the night before to get to the Moon Room, and then they're told they can't play because <laughs> the uh, this lame band.
0: They wrecked it, anyways. You wrecked it. You
1: wrecker. We wrecked it. it. You wrecked, it. wrecked, it. wrecked <laughs> it for the hardworking band.
0: Do you remember what the touring but, band was?
1: I can't remember. I can't. I can't remember. I wish I did, but but at the same time, it's probably best that I don't remember because it would just somehow. Statue get limitations
0: that will allow you to make yeah statements yeah. such as that
1: yeah exactly well you know what I, I will say this much playing in a band and and like and to get back to the original question of why you never played in the band is you were in another band all the time
0: yeah, I guess so and
1: then you went to then you went out out west yeah, and that that ended that part yeah uh and then when you came like we always hung out like you used to drive us you drove us to that snowboarding yeah, i remember
0: that yeah, up in collingwood i remember that yeah yeah yeah,
1: yeah. yeah i remember that. well i remember because <laughs> yeah i would turn on, the, yeah 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 we were, the,
0: <laughs> were we throwing shit out the window
1: yeah remember we used to do the uh the uh, the album release party fans used to give us their cassettes
0: yes the release and party yes to, absolutely yeah we used to
1: we'd listen to three seconds or ten seconds yeah of the, yeah the, the opening chords let's yeah. give them three shots yeah. and have an album release party out the window see you later yeah, yeah. Now it's like I'm all environmental, but,
0: but that's the yeah. uh, that's the time when Jay King went to throw a beer bottle out the yeah. passenger window and it actually hit the front of my van, yeah. like the front window. yeah, yeah. and it, it was, miraculously, nothing cracked. Nothing broke. Yeah. And he's like, dude, I am so sorry. I'm like, that's awesome. What are you talking about? Nothing broke? Let's keep going. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. that was I remember that. That's hilarious. yeah, totally, that totally I remember hilarious. that and I guess I turned more into like a recording engineer for you guys at one point too, because I was actually. Working on demos and and you know yep. and I knew nothing. I remember there's one time I just set up shop with a band called the Ginger Glide, which was Mike Cars, yep. John Cars' brother from yep. um, Mal Havoc, and yep. and his band with uh, Charlie Hillis and Joe Lawrence. But we ended up recording same studio that I can't mention, I can't mm-hmm. remember. And then we took it and did overdubs at your place, and we set up yeah. this board. I re- rented a board and an eight or yep. sixteen track recording machine. And the In thing was, and what you said was, and it was very um, entrepreneurial of you, you, said, you can use my space, but you need to record something for free for us. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did. Yeah. So we ended yeah. up doing 16 track recordings at the crack house, using your bedroom as a control room. Yeah. And, uh, and I remember getting this board. I had no idea how to use it. And we just sort of faked it and made a, you know, and I mixed it there too, I think at the same time. Yeah. And that became yeah, the you... Ginger Glide second album.
1: Yeah. You and I, you used to come up after the Ginger Glide would record, they would bail <laughs> um and then you would come back you just left all the gear there because you're gonna record us yeah um and then uh yeah uh, you would come back and you would sit there and you'd mix ginger glide you'd come up we'd go get coffee or whatever yeah and hang out and then you would mix and then after you're done you would basically just say okay i'll come back tomorrow and we'll we'll do some lame stuff
0: and there was and a then- time even in the A.DOT days when i had my own board and everything that it was cold like this, snowing like a motherfucker. I loaded everything. We loaded everything to my van. Because at that point, I was traveling around with it. Yeah, and, yeah. And I was about to take a trip out to west or somewhere with it. And uh, I got stuck at Winchester Road at the Simcoe. Mm-hmm. There's a dip there. And I got stuck in a snowbank there. And I was there all night. with all no man. like heat. My van stalled. Yeah. Uh, I thought I was going to fall asleep and never wake up. <laughs> I, I really thought I was dead I really did yeah, I thought yeah. this is it this, I've, I've, I've gone too far I've yeah. done this too, this is done I couldn't call you because it was too late and you didn't even have a car so like yeah, what the no, fuck I, are you going to do right yeah. and I remember when the sun came up I could see other cars off in the distance and there was one that has lights on so I'm like oh if he has his lights on his, his engine must be running so I I had no, like, winter jacket. I mean, it was like a freak snowstorm. And I ran in the snow, and I got to his car, and I sat, and I'm like, holy shit, I've been outside all day, all night. And he goes, okay, great. And then, then there was a house, and I made a second run to it. And it was this equal distance. Like, it was like running through the tundra. Yeah. And this is after recording Lame, and I almost died. Like, I yeah, had no yeah, yeah. candle. I had no blanket. And yeah. I remember looking in the van, and all my breath was, like, crystallizing inside the van. And I'm yeah. like, you know... I had a pretty good run. This is I, I'm okay. I could, you know, I think you know. I was tired, delirious, and ready to die, and uh, I made it. Yeah, and I made it through.
1: <laughs> Thanks. I remember you told me that story afterwards. Yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah. I yeah. remember you told me that story afterwards, and I was just like, "Are you kidding me?" And I was like, "Why didn't you just?" And you're like, "It was late. I didn't want to bug anybody." <laughs> I was like, jeez. So I called my brother at
0: literally six in the morning because he had just started like a snow removal business. And I remember him pulling through and he just towed, um, he just plowed through the snow, picked me and towed me back to um, my parents' house. And I remember taking it into my parents' garage and opening the hood. And there was a, a negative of the snow was it formed on, on the inside of the of the of the hood that's how much snow was in my ca- my cavity of my my it just looked like the negative like the inside the in the hood you know, I let it defrost and it started and but dude that was that was like i don't need to do this like this like you know what I mean? yeah. like it was one of those moments and i was 24 25 maybe yeah but those- and
1: then well after that that's when you got a uh, um what's his face His old space
0: yeah i ended up moving over to signal to noise yeah uh um, yeah, yeah, yeah 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 absolutely and i moved see that's all that happened real fast because it was around 96 maybe 95 96 i toured yeah. with us in a few um i put my own band yeah, together around the- 97 i met spring my wife now wife then yeah almost 20 years ago now and then uh and then just kept yeah and just kept moving on like it's funny. I don't really I know that I've been busy since 1997, but I've yeah. also been busy since 1992. And I remember mm-hmm. more between 92 and 95 than I do 96 through today for some yeah. reason. I don't and know why that is.
1: I think it's cuz 92, like the 92-97 era or 92 to 96. Yeah. Era. That's all with your friends. That's all yeah. your you're you're doing it with your buddies. You're doing it with guys that you enjoy hanging out with. When you have your own space, studio, whatever, mm-hmm. and you're having strangers come in, you're trying to just you, you, you it's a job. You're getting paid, yeah. But there's not the silliness, the antics like when you bring all your gear up into your buddies' <laughs> dilapidated apartments, yeah. and record stuff, yeah. Anything goes, like yeah. you know, like some you know, like I to this day I remember two things about you know i remember the ginger glide guy glide guys all sitting on my bed (laughs) while you mixed (laughs) you know like just all these like these guys just hanging out i knew john yeah that was it that's the only guy i knew yeah and besides yourself and here's these guys just sitting on my bed in my room and i'm just saying we can go down like where can we get a coffee Oh, just down the street, just the next door. All right, we'll go do that. And they go and they come back. They have coffee. It's like, okay, cool. It's like I don't know you guys. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, I remember being weird.
0: Kid. I remember we did a recording session up there, and it was actually with two Tom playing drums, and Jay King playing bass, and it was just a three-piece. I think it was, I think it was just you, Jay, and and uh, Craig. Okay. And I remember doing that because you had. It was like we were collecting pee. Remember we put pee oh, yeah, in bottles? yeah, piss bottle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we made piss the, bottles because the, yeah, the there was no plumbing
1: crack. or something. No 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 it was just one of those things we just I just thought it'd be hilarious to, to collect pee to to collect piss in a bottle. Yeah. So we set out those 2 liter coke bottles.
0: And they would label it like whose pee it was. Yeah. I remember yeah, that like looking in this closet and like hey there's pee in there. Yep, yeah, that's all our pee we're collecting it. Yeah, we
1: collecting what <laughs> what for? No reason. There's no reason. But I remember that yeah.
0: session I want to find that. If you have that, I remember that sounding pretty good.
1: I have all I have everything. Yeah. Like, actually, I just gave it to you last time you were here. Did I not? I gave you um, the trigger happy. Yes. Yeah. See, I've had that. I've had that since those days. Because um, you brought your you brought the tapes to my place. Oh. And we had all the recordings there. And you brought the trigger happy tapes to the to the casa or the crack house. Yeah. Because uh, you were gonna we were gonna rent a sixteen track.
0: And we We're gonna transfer it over.
1: And you well you wanted to mix it all. Yeah. You wanted to, to have a crack at remixing it to make it sound different. Yes. And you left it there, and I <laughs> I kept I had everything. So I've got right behind me in the corner behind a bunch of weird other albums. Uh, I've got my I've got two reels of sixteen. I've got two reels of eight. Yeah. I've got uh, the all the recordings on the Yamaha eight track yeah. cassette. Yeah. I remember that. Which which is where uh, the um, Rayo Sadiq cover is
0: oh okay yeah yeah
1: that's that's where that is uh i've got all that stuff i kept it all like just for no other reason just me but yeah but the funny and the only reason i didn't remember as we bring that up is that it used to sit right beside all the piss <laughs> so there was like 12 liter bottles filled with urine yeah and then i remember somebody's went moldy and oh. i was always like that's creepy yeah um, <laughs> and we and i had two loaves of bread that oh. I kept, and they went black and then it wasn't until somebody had said to me, dude, you got to get rid of that because that's actually biohazard. Yeah. <laughs> like if that bag breaks open and you inhale it, you're pretty much a walking dead. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, oh, whatever. So we ended up getting rid of that. But yeah, when I moved out, the piss bottle stayed. I didn't. I didn't take them. Just so you know.
0: <laughs> they stayed there. They're probably still there. Uh, yeah, really? I remember um, years ago when I was on tour with Red Fisher, we, we stayed at this house in Indiana, somewhere mm-hmm. in Indiana, and they had what they called the experiment. And it was a big pickle jar full of like crazy shit like it had brown stuff in it because people were like collecting poop and there was a rat in there and all this stuff and no one's ever cracked the the lid on it and we didn't even crack but like the last person that cracked the lid that smelt it vomited into it that's how bad it was so now it has some of that guy's vomit as well as a dead rat poop pee all this crazy stuff and i wonder if they still have they called it the experiment and it was like Oh. oh god that's disgusting but uh
1: that is insane. Yeah,
0: man. Yeah. But yeah. that's, that's so, uh, young and numb. Yeah.
1: Just so anybody listening doesn't think I'm like this bizarre Howard Hughes kind of dude that collects <laughs> piss and stuff, Jody Salter, who used to hang out with me all the time back in the day, and just like Al Mitchell, um, used to have these crazy things. He used to hear these road stories. Like uh, when Soundgarden toured, they used to have a KFC, a bucket of chicken on the rider. Mm-hmm and they used to collect all the bones at the end to try and remake chickens, rebuild (laughs) chickens from bones. And he always just really loved that kind of aspect of the music scene. Yeah, He he always thought that was the greatest shit. So anyways, that was more the the piss jars were, the piss bottles were kind of more homage to Jody's bizarre way of thinking. And uh, it was just like stuff we used to do just to make people laugh or to freak them out.
2: Yeah. Uh, it, Yeah. um,
1: It was like with Lame. If you wanted to hang out with Lame for the longest time, uh, we used to make you watch, like, this really bad porn that uh, we found with this, like, <laughs> it was, like, disgusting. Like, it was so bad. On um, VHS. Like, nothing, n- yeah, VHS. Yeah, yeah. Um, n- and nothing wrong with it. Like, you know, it wasn't, like, bestiality or anything. It was just, like, ugly people. <laughs> just just ugly people porn. Pornography. And we used to have people just sit there and watch it in the room. Like, if you want to hang out with the band, this was, everybody's had to do this. <laughs>
0: oh, and and Al Mitchell
1: used to just love it. Yeah, like he used to think, because it was so disturbing.
0: He's the king of satire. Was Al Mitchell? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. He, definitely. He used to he used to love that one thing. Yeah, and he would just he just used to laugh at it, and people would leave, like get up and leave, just because it was just so wrong in their <laughs> minds. Um, and and again, it was a it was a man and a woman. It was just two very ugly people. Um, <laughs> and uh, it was yeah. So long story short, uh, pff, that's Gary's life. I'm just you know yeah, yeah but. But Oshawa. Oshawa's a, Oshawa's Oshawa was great. I enjoyed Oshawa. I don't think I would have done, did half of the stuff I did in music if it wasn't for Oshawa.
0: Well, yeah, Oshawa was such an open territory to do whatever you wanted to do. There was not a yep. lot of judgment. Um, nope. There was definitely, like, I was talking, to, when we were talking to Jay about it, is that the punkers used to kind of hang out with the Metlers, yep. The Metlers the hung out with the punkers. And it was an interesting time because there was a lot of crossover between punk rock and heavy metal. Yeah, yeah. That all then progressed into, you know, playing in power pop bands. You know, is kind of what we yeah. both did, right? You know, and, yeah. you know, it, it's, it's a progression, you know, and life, life is an interesting beast. And we only got one run at it, you know, and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I appreciate yeah. you, uh, you know, coming and sharing with this because uh, <laughs> I never even thought about this. I'm like, yeah, Gary's done so much crazy shit. And then when Jay woke me up to him, I'm like, yeah,
1: get, J- get Gary
0: on this show because Gary's seen some shit. He needs to let some it's- shit out.
1: It's funny because I think about that stuff and I think about how much stuff I did in Oshawa Mm. and my, and I always think about it and I'm like, you know what? Nobody really knows me because I never really talk about it. I Mm -hmm. never said, yeah, we started doing the hall shows a long time ago and that's how we did lame and that's how we did everything because, you know, lame started by doing that because it was, you know, the mother of invention. It was necessity. We had to do it in order to get a show. Nobody wanted to book us. Yeah. and then it wasn't until everybody started noticing, like, Jesus, Lane Band is like selling out their cassette. Every like Sam the Record Man had it yeah. as their like number one selling band. He
0: even won so some award like, too, right? That ninety-seven-seven thing, the
1: rock thing. Yeah, yeah. Hits FM. Hits uh, FM. Yep. Uh, new new band. We won it the year after Finger Eleven, which was Rainbow Butt Monkeys. Yeah. The following year was us. It was great. It was a. It was a, it was a um, and a bunch of stuff that we didn't need, um, yeah. but it was fun. That was like that was three of us. Yeah. Uh, Runt, we had just let Runt go just because we were having a falling out. Yeah. Craig had quit before we went on, like two days before we went on tour, yeah. so we had to re- retool everything really quickly. I didn't play lead, but I had to learn. Yeah. Um, I remember going over to Pete's house and saying, "You got to teach me at least something to fake through."
2: Yeah.
1: Um, and uh, you know, and so yeah, it was Tuton, Jeff, and I. Yeah. And uh, we went out to Thorold, Ontario, and we played a live show for a uh, bass player from uh, Triumph.
0: Oh, Mike Levine? Andy,
1: yeah, Andy Curran yeah. and uh, some some other guest person. And I still have their, the, the, their forms and everything. And Mike Levine wrote, sounds like Green Day, but these guys are fucking hilarious. Um, <laughs> and uh, Andy Curran was like, I'm really digging this, blah, 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 whatever. And we ended up winning, and we just didn't think that would ever happen in our yeah. lifetime. Yeah. And then, you know, we got a bunch of money. But again, with that, and that's the hard part, it was like when we went on tour, and when we won the radio thing, and even we came third on Q107 mm-hmm. at the time for up-and-coming bands, the problem with that is is the town that you waved the flag for, because we never said we're from Toronto. No. Like, I don't know if you remember, I used to wear that stupid red V-neck sweater that said Oshawa. Yeah. You know, um, never, ever said we were from anywhere else but Oshawa. And we always praised Oshawa. Mm -hmm. But it was really hard when we came back from the second tour and after winning all that, that people started kind of dissing us more and, you know, we became sellouts. Mm
2: -hmm. You know,
1: I still had no money, you know, (laughs) and I still, you know, I was still scrounging for for food and all that shit. But, you know, we all of a sudden became – and then all of a sudden you start getting shit on. And then it just becomes negative, right? Yeah. And then you hear stories that you didn't even do. Yeah. you know and it's it's like and that still follows me to this day and it's like you just sit and you're like Well so when Alice and then that's kind of was the demise of the band I just got Mm -hmm. so depressed and then in dealing with depression like my whole life it's it just was hard to deal with and Mm -hmm. overly sensitive so you just kind of say you know what so Ali was coming out here for school and I said you know what? why don't we do it and I asked the guys at the time it was Craig uh, Jeff and I and I said what you guys want to move to Toronto Mm -hmm. see if we can get a you know like we're not going to do any better than what we're doing if we're here yeah and it's like you know and blah, 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 and the guys weren't ready to do it, you know. Like, so Craig it was like, I've got a good job here, and Jeff was the same, so I said, okay, yeah. fine. So I remember just saying, Allison, well, let's pack up our shit and go, so we we'll moved yeah. here, and that's where we've been. We, we think, thought we yeah, Yeah. Fresh, just, fresh
0: start and everything, right? It must have felt pretty yeah. liberating and frightening at the same time.
1: Yeah, it was, because in, well, like I say, Oshawa, I, I had an ego. I thought I was more than I was, but I mm-hmm. could still, I could go places and people knew who I was. Um, and I wouldn't take jo- a job if I was working in the public sector. Like if I was retail,
2: mm-hmm. I
1: always worked as a cabinet maker because right? yeah. I didn't want anybody to, it was like the, the, the wizard of Oz, right? Don't look behind the curtain, right? Yeah. You don't want to see the the, the the guy who, you know, he has a music on much video or much music or whatever, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. He's done this and here he is selling clothes at the gap.
0: Yeah. You know? Well, like, yeah, cause you have, of, yeah, I know what you're saying. You're either in committed hundred percent or, or, or not. Yeah. So when you're in 100%, then you have a better chance of returning, getting it come back to you. But I think you made the wise move by staying on keeping shirts, going and making shirts, because you can still kind of uh, control your destiny at the same time you're not giving up your identity. You yeah, know, does, yeah. Completely. that makes sense?
1: Yeah, completely. Well, yeah. and as I say, we've been, uh, I've been in contact with a couple of guys in town. Just getting to know people because I kept out of the music scene. Mm. Like I just kept my own. I tried. I know. I know a few guys. Like there's great bands out here. Red Arms are, are a great band. Yeah, 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 Lim- yeah. Limiter, Limiter's a great band. Uh, Yeti on Horseback, if you're into doom metal.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: They're they're a great band. You know, there's tons of really awesome bands going on. Um, I just can't. I just wasn't into it. I'm just. It wasn't yeah. what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, and and again, when you move in, it's like going to the new high school, right? You yeah. Know, from from of, you're the new kid. Even you, know Tony, you know Tony.
0: You know Tony Lehman. that's it.
1: <laughs> yeah, pretty much so. And you know, I, I've become friends with uh, the singer of Blue Bones, Gord. Uh, we get along really well because we're old and we've been through the ringer.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and and as I say, there's there's great guys out here. Uh, I just I just couldn't break, couldn't see myself going through the the grind of trying to do it again. Yeah. Of trying to become somebody in music. So I collect my vintage guitars that I love and always dreamed of owning. And mm-hmm. I've been in concert. Mm-hmm. More- At the end of the day, whether I play live or whether I play in this room and have my dog bark at me because he despises me, it's it doesn't change the end. And, and to kind of sum everything up for you and to get everything out of a negative, we said very earlier that I learned a long, like five or six years ago when my dad passed away, everything keeps moving. Nobody gives, and I don't mean this drastically, nobody gives a fuck. Yeah. It's like it's like when I read online, you know, like, oh, you know, twenty five people shot in the mall in the states. Uh, my prayers, I'm sending you my prayers. Yeah. I'm sending you my prayers. No, fuckhead, don't send prayers. Yeah. Because it didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. Legislate it. Um, so in the end, and sorry if that offends anybody. Whatever. No. I hate guns. Um, the thing that I learned was that, that everything just keeps moving. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't matter. It's it's a hiccup in your life. But the reality of the situation is, that person's gone.
2: Yeah.
1: And whether they they've gone because of disease, or whether they've gone by their own hands, or just time, whatever, mm-hmm. it's it's gone, and we have to keep moving. But but as you said, it's what we take from it, mm-hmm. right? So everybody I meet, whether it's it's Nolan, I learned so much from Al just on how he is,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: how he runs the bands. Yourself, you know that entrepreneurial spirit, like you. I don't think I've ever known you to have a job except for the one time you worked for a sound and lighting company, I think, for a bit. Yeah. And that didn't last. Yeah, I don't no. think that lasts. You've always done it on your own. Like, and that's the same with me. I've, but I take from that, right? And it's like, okay, well, he's got the spirit. Like he, he just goes to where he's got to go to get it done
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, and all that stuff. So my, my biggest focus in, on life since my dad's gone and, and everything else has passed away is how do I pay it forward? How, how, what's my thumbprint going to be? Mm-hmm. Am I gonna be known as the fucking excuse, the bitter, the bitter guy who wrote pop songs that were disguised as killing people? Mm-hmm. I don't know if you ever knew that about Lame, <laughs> but all the songs were written like love songs, but they're about killing.
0: Yeah, I think you told me that once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: and it's still my favorite thing to do, but um, mm-hmm. not kill people, but write about. It. Um, <laughs> uh, but I, I, how do I? What's my thumbprint going to be on on the world when it's done? Like, am I gonna be known as? nothing will I be re- remembered as anything or will I re- be remembered as so, so anyways that's been my big thing lately so I do as much shit in this town as I can like to, to mm-hmm. help out so we yeah you know I we, we sponsor children's programs with the with the business the business doesn't make a ton of money and any money I do make I give away mm-hmm. nine times out of ten yeah I pay the bills Um and then uh, shirt for brains, custom screen printing, <laughs> plug. Um,
0: yeah, good. Probably. I I
1: I, uh, I pretty much you know I help the Aeolian Hall with their El Sistema children's choir. Like I set the kids up with shirts, so when they perform, they all have you know yeah. funky funky shirts. And we we support a couple other things, and that's what we do. And I'd much rather be known for that than the guy who played shitty three minute pop songs that were basically just him whining. Yeah. You know?
0: <laughs> But you, know, well, you, you, I mean, I understand, I love the fact that you, you want to pay it forward because that is a, all we're here is you yeah, leave a footprint, but what kind yeah. of footprint are you going to leave behind? Are you going to leave the, yeah. you know, are you going to leave a footprint about, you know, and I do, I truly think that in life, the, the only thing to take away from it is, that I've learned is just don't be an asshole. Like, yeah, try, exactly. Try not yep. to be an asshole. Try yeah. to, um, if you see someone on the side of the road and they got a flat tire, well, maybe see if they need help. Exactly. And if they exactly. don't want your help, then... Just say okay. Yeah. Yeah. And that... Hey, that
1: you know... Yeah, like do up your window. Roll up your window a bit because we live in a fucked up world. Yeah. You know, do you need me to call somebody? Yeah. No? You're good? Okay, we're well, cool. Yeah. I just want to make sure... Yeah, because nothing worse than driving away and saying to yourself, fuck, I should have helped somebody. Yeah. I should have helped that person. What if this happens? What if this... Yeah. And, and that's the whole... That's kind of the whole thing. It's... When we're younger, we're just so focused on ourselves, we're so egocentric and then, that we just, and I don't mean it in the way of like, I'm the greatest thing in the world but it's just mm-hmm. all self-centered bullshit and it takes a long time for you to get past that realization to realize that, yeah. you know it's, it doesn't really matter it, it, it doesn't matter if my band goes on first, second, or third No, it's like, you know, like getting in fights over it, or getting in fights over who's a better guitar player, Randy Rhodes or Steve Vai or Eddie Van who fucking cares? It doesn't matter. (laughs) It's like, you know, if Randy Rhodes played in Van Halen, it wouldn't be Van Halen, et cetera, et cetera. So it doesn't matter. So it's just, you know, make yourself happy. Don't do anything to fuck anybody over. If I pull into the parking lot and there's a spot at the other end of the thing, that's going to make me walk five minutes or taking the handicap spot, I'm going to go and take a walk for five minutes Mm -hmm. because the handicap guy can't do that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know,
1: all these little things. I'm not going to, I don't smoke, but if I was a smoker, I'm not going to smoke where it says no smoking. Yeah. And the world is not about you. So the, the whole thing, and my whole thing out of life, as I've learned, is it's responsibility. Like, yeah. it's just pony up. Yeah. And people don't know how to handle it anymore.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, oh, yeah. uh, and Jacob, uh, did you drop this? Uh, they're prepared. Mm-hmm. They're prepared for the bullshit. But when you say, yep, I did that. Sorry about that. Yeah. I'll clean it up. Definitely. Then they're like, go
0: you got nothing then yeah i know that's true it's funny in my trade if i if i make a mistake I, you have to openly admit to the mistake because yeah. if you try to blame someone else then you're just as bad as the per- you know what i mean like yeah so you know that's and the other thing that like, i realized too is is empathy there's understanding where other people are coming from is mm-hmm. is a trait that hopefully we get better at as we get yeah. older and we yeah. become less selfish and more selfless and that is yeah. that is important stuff because that's kind of what make the world that's what makes the world go around. Yeah, exactly. you know? And then exactly. my fear is that there's a lot of, there's a lot of, like I always take a lot of metaphors from people driving. Like when people drive like assholes and they're probably assholes, you know what I yeah. mean? So yeah. we need to sort of make people accountable for being assholes. And unfortunately, yeah. the the faceless shaming doesn't work like it used to in the 90s and the 80s. Like the faceless oh. like uh, trolling and things on the internet, That's that doesn't really fix anything. That just makes that person more angry and more, Uh, able to be a dick so i somehow there needs to be some sort of thing invented where your face when you start writing negative shit about people on twitter it actually shows your face as you're as you're texting (laughs) (laughs) right i just came up with that so when you're (laughs) like oh oh shit they can see my face oh i'm gonna change backspace 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 it's a good day today isn't it you know what i mean so it shows yeah
1: yeah exactly yeah it's like track your ispn
0: dear twitter Dear yeah, Twitter, yeah. I have an idea for your trolling solution. I have a solution yeah. to your trolling problem. Show yeah. the face with the camera.
1: <laughs> as, the, as the guy's typing it, just, yeah. just get him to change his mind. And then it's like to realize that there's actions. And it's like, uh, you know, like Sluglord79 is really Steve Baxter. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he works here. And it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Man.
0: This is his face.
1: Yeah. It's uh, like, and then everybody like writes Steve Baxter's boss. Yeah. Uh, did you know Steve Baxter's a bit of an ass? <laughs> yeah,
0: He's I did like, know that actually. Thanks for yeah. letting yeah. me know. Um, He's fired. Yeah, yeah. Well, Gary, um, yeah, th- thanks so much good. for talking. Um, open invitation anytime you want to come talk again. Um, we, you know, we did really kind of touch on some cool stuff, but you've done so much in your life that I think, you know, once we reassess uh, everything that we've done, let's let's do it again in a while and, and keep talking because uh, Completely. And part I'm of this welcome. podcast is getting reconnected with old friends uh, yeah. and hopefully other people get a, an, an interest out of that as well. And being people that we were kind of both in the business a little bit, and and to you know, hopefully you know people take something away from this that conversation is kind of dead today, and we yeah. need to bring it back. And, uh, and and yeah,
1: you can't tell when somebody's being the, like the funniest dude in the world through a text.
0: Yeah, but absolutely.
1: Yeah. yeah, there's no lo- there's no love in a text, people. Yeah, there's, and Facebook there's, there's... is
0: getting scary and scarier. We're we're gonna start getting into virtual reality and things like that. Like. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta start making things real again, you know. And, yeah, and that's what so, this is all about. So
1: cool. Well, next time we'll, when we do this, instead of just letting Gary blather on about anything, we'll just come up with a plan. <laughs> I don't like plans. Oh, okay. Because Gary's like the worst at uh, just keeping track. God, man, that's crazy. That's okay, um, man. That's what this yeah. is all
0: about. This, this is about stream of consciousness. This is no like I, I got asked to do a podcast where we actually had to have like a, a, a plan, and I'm like. I did one or two of them. And like I don't like that plan. I don't want to do that. I want to have I want to have real conversations with people, and I, I don't want to have like a a shtick where this turns into like oh let's it's the fart game. Let's play the fart game, Gary. Like that's David Cross. I'm <laughs> yeah, yeah. stealing David Cross. Yeah, exactly. But but that's that's something that I think radio can do perfectly fine. Uh, yeah. Other podcasts, welcome to it. But mm, having conversations with people who have done things and experienced things, and it, you know. I think it's interesting. I think and I hope it's interesting for other people. So yeah. uh, thank sitting you so in much.
1: Cha- sitting in chairs having coffee instead of driving in cars having coffee. That's
0: right. The That's right. Problem. I got my coffee. Got your coffee? Yeah.
1: I had water. Mm. Yeah. Oh. I had, three co- I had three coffee. I'm a little sh- jittery. <laughs> Um Yeah. So anyways, yeah. I, I just just for the record, you know, I talk to you. I don't. Um, it's, it's kind of weird. I don't talk to a lot of people anymore. Mm hmm. I talk to Jeff via text once in a blue moon toots every once in a while. That's about it. I don't talk to anybody else. So if anybody is listening, hey, how's it going? I'm
0: not there. <laughs> My name's Gary. I'm Gary. I live in, I live in uh, London.
1: Yeah, I'm now in London. So yeah, drop, drop us a line. Um, but I hope, I hope you're doing well. Yeah, man. And spring and the kids are doing good.
0: Yeah, everything's great.
1: Good. Awesome. Cool. Uh, keep in touch.
0: That was Gary Begner. And usually I play this other song... At the end, but I I'm in Saskatoon on tour, a little tour, like a three day jaunt with the Small Town Pistols. This will be our last show of the year, maybe the first show of the year. I'm not sure, but uh, it's been a great couple of days. I got my own room. I got this new loudspeaker Bluetooth thing that is like the loudest thing. It, it like could get you possibly kicked out of hotels. It's cranked up right now, so you can hear it. So thanks so much for listening to the show. I've uh, yeah, I'm out, of, I'm out of words to say. So, I gotta go got go to work now. So, next week. Who do I got next week? I can't remember. But they're awesome. And uh, have, a, have a good New Year's. Have a safe New Year's. Be good. But don't be that good. I mean, just have... Just be yourself. Don't be a dick. That, that's the new mantra. Actually, I had a... I had an actual... Oh, I have a New Year's resolution. And My resolution is to remember people's names more. And there's a trick a trick that that I was taught, and you probably know this already but the trick is to when you're in a conversation with the person you met for the first time is m- mention their name back to them twice and if you do that then you should be able to remember their names forever. I don't know if it works let me know if it works And my ding ding just went off <laughs> All right so have a good uh, have a good year we'll uh, we'll see you next week bye Bye.